When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a story first broken by a pretty, pretty, pretty good podcast. <laughs> That's right. Al-Qaeda has declared war on the southern United States. But really, the way things have been going, is it that strange? I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I've... Would you say that my podcasts are unusually long, a bit more distended than the average podcast? I'm Avstinensky, and I'm not a cool guy, but I'd love to waste a few hours of your time. And I'm Tim Conlon. And by the way, people should be able to tell the difference between real crab and fake crab. Mm. <laughs> they should. Yeah. I think Av and I are both kosher, so we only eat the fake stuff. So we can't tell Well, the there difference. you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, but maybe we could if we tried one time. Mm. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how obvious it is. Yeah. Always yeah. been kosher? Yeah, I have been. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I've uh, dabbled here and there in different things that maybe Chester hasn't. But yeah, well, that's yeah, what's your let's talk about what's your favorite uh, uh, what's your favorite uh, cheat meal? I guess we could call it. Um, I mean, I just like I used to just like love going into any pizza shop when I was like oh, yeah. in or about New York City. Um, yeah, I, like it didn't even matter. I just like love pizza so much, and just like <laughs> the idea of like always having pizza available to you within like literally like a hand's distance was just like. Just like I just loved it so much, and just like love just going to different places, like before things, after things. So like that was it for me. So it's you, not even like a better yeah, food. Yeah. Could you go to like Joe's Pizza or something, or do you? I mean, I would. Most you know, most um, strictly are. kosher people right. do. I like I would like eat dairy out in different restaurants. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, so like you know, just plain pizza in any restaurant is just like delicious to me. Like even bad pizza, <laughs> good pizza, it's still pizza. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So like that was like my big cheat. Yeah, pizza nice. has a very low floor. Yeah, yeah, really. Oh my god, I love it so much. Um, yeah, I saw, so- I saw the uh, the New York Post tweeted out um, like a month or so ago uh, that like it's like a study shows that like the number one food that is ordered for delivery in homes is pizza. And I was like, yeah. I like retweeted. I'm like, oh, thanks for doing a study. Nobody yeah. knew that already. <laughs> yeah, because people can't make. It's not easy to make. It's not like toast. You know, it's. You know, you got to yeah, my wife makes it a lot. And yes, it's not the same as getting it from any mediocre pizza place. That's true. Yeah. From yeah. like the ages of like two to four, my oldest daughter didn't like pizza. And I'm like, right. you, know, you, you really should just get on board with pizza. It's going to be in your life a lot. Yeah. Like you may as well like it. Yeah. It's going to be one of those go to things. It's, gonna, it's, it's coming up again. It's coming around. With <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Are either of you guys have either of you guys seen the Stanley Tucci searching for Italy show on CNN? Yes. Yeah, it's great, right? Oh. Yeah, it's really, really good. I really like it. And yeah, the episode where he went and had like that 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 original pizza is yeah. like I, I put it on my list. I'm like, I don't know whether when I'm ever gonna be going to Southern Italy, but like, you know, now I know a place to go for sure. So Yeah, and Stan Tooch, boy, he good for him, right? Like yeah. talk about a dream gig. He loves this. He can go around, he can do that, he can cook and talk to people, and he knows how to do it. And and uh and it boy, it looks they photograph it beautifully though, yeah. don't they? Doesn't it just look delicious? Oh my god. Yeah. It, it, honestly, it looks like the best job you could possibly have. To travel oh, around yeah. on someone else's dime, eating like whatever interesting food you find. 
and it's Italy too. Like, you know, there's not yeah. going to be a clunker in here. It's not like yeah, you're exactly. going to, it's not your Anthony Bourdain. You're in some hellhole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that, uh, as you've already heard for a couple of minutes, our guest today, Tim Conlon, Tim has been a guest on pretty much every TV show over the last three decades. Uh, <laughs> today he's about to steal Sh- Cheryl David from Larry David. Um, yeah. Tim in real life, Lori sure. David left Larry for Al Gore. So that you're basically equivalent to the guy who was vice president for eight years, you know, and if a few like confused old so. Jews in Florida had figured out how to work a butterfly ballot would have been like in a second term <laughs> of president as this right. very episode was airing, right? This wow. episode we're here today to discuss season six, episode seven, the TiVo guy, which originally aired on October 21, 2007. And with us today, as I said, is Tim, who plays uh, a man who is sitting next to Cheryl on an airplane and uh, sparks fly and things go from there. So Tim, welcome to the podcast. Tell us first, I guess, you know, as I said, you know, you, you've guessed it on, you know, so many sitcoms and so many shows over the years, but what, yeah. how do you first get connected to Curb and, and to this character in particular on Curb? Great. And hi guys. I'm a fan of the show. Uh, good oh, to speak with you. you. Uh, here's what happened. I knew Alec Berg and Jeff Schaefer. Alec Berg. Berg. And yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a great and, John uh, Houseman <laughs> yeah, and that and that uh, um, and that continues. People do that still to this day. Yeah, to Al to Alec Berg. Yeah, it's probably um, more annoying to him because he probably hears it more frequently. <laughs> but I think oh, I have a really original been... thing you've never heard before. <laughs> yeah, and you, but it, it almost it's it almost would be impossible not to it, because yeah. it's so. And the reason why everybody wants to say it to you is it's a loop. You know what I mean? That, as annoying as it is, is because the show is so goddamn popular. Yeah. Uh, By the way, I have no idea what a John Houseman name is or means other than Alec Berg. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you could name you an, uh, um, uh, another one. You know yeah. what I mean? You would. Yeah, it's. Uh, but I, I so I knew them. I worked with them on a television pilot for NBC in the late 90s and it didn't go. We had a great time, uh, but it didn't happen. And we stayed in touch and they had an idea um, for this character and they put me in touch with the casting director who put me on the list to audition. Now I had, it's improv, right? So I didn't have a lot of, I had some improv training when I was in my late teens. I was at second city in Toronto where I'm from. And I never went, I never like, I never was in the touring company and I never was on the main stage or anything. And I never went to what's known as the conservatory, which is the part where you go into the sort of, intense learning and, uh, and writing before you start performing on stage. I, I did um, the introductory stuff and the workshops that they offered after that, but I didn't, and I loved it. I, I loved improvisation and sketch, but I just never excelled in it as I didn't think it was going to be my thing, but I knew all the principles of improvisation and I love it. And I love the way Larry did it on the show. And of course, I'm a, I was a, a rabid fan of the show. So I knew what, uh, I, so th- that was my th- that was my entry point. So they called. I got a call from my agent, and we were in the middle of I was shooting something for uh, ABC at the time, a pilot for a series that didn't go. But I was doing it at the same time I was doing Curb, so I had to drive in between things, in between auditions and the doing of the other thing. And it was exciting because there's no script right? You're improvising. They give you a slip of paper that tells you a minimal amount of information. Guy's a businessman, a friend of Cheryl's that Larry is intimidated by. That's what was in, on the slip of paper. Oh. I was going to go into the, and, and he was a businessman. I knew he was a businessman and I knew that I was going to uh, meet with Larry and Cheryl 
and Jeff. They were all going to be there and we were all going to improvise some stuff together on camera. That's a lot of pressure. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, it is. But then, but really, uh, all you have to do is, sh- is really is show up. You know what I mean? And, but it was exciting. I mean, it was, it's thrilling. It's a thrilling prospect to think about, even to just, yeah. even to just mention, right? So it's like, I guess you join a team with LeBron James, you know, you're going to get open shots, you know, just let, let him create and then you're going to get your opportunities. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, um, right. So I show, so I show up, um, and I have, you know, I have my suit on and I, and they give me another slip of paper to let me know that the guy has started an underwear company (laughs) that has no fly. And he thinks it's a great idea. And Larry thinks it's a stupid idea. Like, okay. And, uh, and then, they, then they leave you alone. So I just, I sat there for about 20 minutes or so and answered every question in my head that could be asked of me. <laughs> right? And, I, and then I, when I knew when I was going to go in there, I wasn't going to push for anybody to ask me them. But if they did, I had something. And so uh, they called me in. And there was a few people um coming in on this that were really good but you would know you know and uh but the the call sheet goes out it says like attractive man with kennedy-esque hair to um yeah to steal yeah i don't don't know i don't know yeah i get the hair was a factor but Mm -hmm. you look a a little like jeff probst uh, yes and uh we had the same post office box oh wow (laughs) And I see him, and then I see him at the coffee shop because I go, you just open your packages, and now you're having coffee. <laughs> yeah. And but he, um, so I, so I go in, and there's Larry. Boom, there he is. He's standing there in in the jacket. You know what I mean? Standing there, laying lay the Larry David ness of it all, mm-hmm. and says hello. There is Cheryl Hines, and there's uh, and there's Jeff, and then there's uh, Alec and Jeff, and a couple of other people, and everybody says hello. And we just uh, start. Larry comes up. We're we, let's say we're meeting at a whatever, and we and uh, we bump into each other, and then we do, we improvised for about ten minutes or so, and everybody uh, came up and did some stuff, and then I split, and then um, they called me on the way home to let me know that this was that we were that we were going with it, that we were doing it. That's awesome. And did you know if it was going to be for one episode or for multiple episodes or? I, they state, no, they, 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 they said, are you around for two of these, uh, for this one and the other one at the, the, the season finale? I said, yes, I am. <laughs> in fact, for the, yeah, of course. And, um, but they, uh, but also they're, again, they're not telling you anything. They don't tell you anything. Um, they, they didn't know that you were, um, they, who, who's someone, I'm sorry. Is it someone coming in? Oh, sorry. Let me check. Oh, is someone. that yeah, we. I think we have a, someone has joined us in the Zoom. Is this? I mean, I, I see a uh, I see a mask that Who looks like it? crazy eyes. There he is. There oh, we go. Boy. There he is. <laughs> What's up, motherfuckers? <laughs> oh my god, Chris is doing the whole thing. We have a, <laughs> the original crazy eyes killer. That's right, He's ladies here. and gentlemen. Chris Williams is joining us in the Zoom. That is a very exciting surprise guest. How about that? This is uh, this was not planned. I, I mean, not not by us. It was planned yeah. by someone. Obviously, that's very impressive. Wow. Yeah, you know what, guys? I like to I like to over deliver when mm-hmm. I come when I come on a show. I like to make dreams come true. 
How about wow, that? You've certainly done that. So that this is phenomenal. I cannot believe what is happening. Yeah, that's very exciting. <laughs> it's all about Tim Conlon right now. I just want to. I want to come in and show my my restore because because he's my Caucasian. Oh wow! That's I am. <laughs> the dog agrees. Crazy eyes. I thought we were a coup de la. We are coup de la. All right, good. As long as we're still coup de la. You know- Tell. Go go ahead, Chris. Tell uh, everybody your dog's name. I'm gonna throw something at my dog right now. Uh, you know that Kundela was yeah. the word that we made up. Me and my boys from college went to Virginia Beach. Uh, no, we we're in Martha's Vineyard and fucking around. And we said, uh, "Let's make up a word and see if people start saying it." Yeah, <laughs> I so mean, isn't that what everyone does? Who is that? Where all words come from? We came up with Kundela. And we say, hey man, you couldn't lie, couldn't and no one, no one started saying it. But then I saw, as an homage to my boys, I put <laughs> it in awesome. my. Episode. But you know what? Now they do. So you guys actually succeeded, right? So, I mean, yeah. That's how it happens. Someone, yeah. someone gets high enough, and then they say it, and now it's worse. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and Chris, who did you tell? You told somebody to say it on the show, and she said it on the show too. Uh, Kim Whitley. Yeah, Kim, Kim Whitley said it. Uh, in Mon- she paid Monina in the uh, oh, yeah, yeah she also says it, yeah, right, yeah, and yeah. that's why, like, when two people said, You're like, Oh, is this a thing people say? I guess so, yeah, and this is and how it starts. You're like, I like cool, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna start using that, yeah. She was so freaked out about being on the show because it's you know, it's all improv, as Tim was saying. So she's like, What do I say? What do I do? And I was like, And I kind of brought her through the whole process that, that I went through, and then she threw me that bone, that Kunde La bone, which is kind of cool. So I mean, nice. I, think, I think we stumbled into something here. I would say that both you and Monina are, if not the top two, definitely in the top three or four most memorable, like one episode characters of Curb. And you're both throwing Kunde La out there. So, you know, if you want to make a lasting yeah. impression with the, cor- the Curb audience, I think we found the secret sauce. There you <laughs> go. The magic word. That's there right. You, go. you say Kunde La, you rise to the top of the charts. Yeah, uh, Chris, I mentioned on the Crazy Ass Killers episode of this podcast that we did. That episode was the first one. And you didn't have me on? And you that, didn't have me on? Yeah, oh, what, we, the fuck? Uh, what a swing and a miss. Uh, we should what re-record fuck, that one. guys? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the fuck? What the fuck? It's possible that we tweeted at you and you didn't respond. I'll check the records. I don't want to rule that out. But, you know, we're not, we're not, a, you know, we don't have a big platform. So, you know, we, you know, we, 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 yeah. Yeah. So Chris, no, this is this is amazing. So Chris, I was saying like you're that's the first episode of Curb I ever saw. Nice. And and when I saw that episode, I was like, holy shit, I have to start watching this show. And it was all downhill from there, right? No, but I, I think right. I think like so many people come came into the show through like that episode and that character. Cool. Um, I like that. You know. I like I, I was just yeah. doing cameos. People request cameos from me. All I just did two cameos. They love yeah. me staring at their 80-year-old father. Yeah, threatening <laughs> to put a nut in their eye. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I do, they, do they give you do they give you most of quotes oh, and in, in, in Boca? I just had to drill into uh, for, his, for his 80th birthday. Are they, are they mostly having you quote from the episode or like they're writing yeah, original I, raps I, for you to say? I kind of incorporate. I Different swear I'm through a Kunde La, my Caucasian. And, I, and they yeah. in the cameo, they give you like 
things to what to say like about the person. So I'll just start talking shit about them. People love this shit. So and you can riff on that. Like you can do it. Like you can do the job. Some some of these cam you're like you go, geez, guy, come on, put some effort into this. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I matter of fact, I had one from uh, England. It was his father's birthday or something like that. So I researched where they were from in England, and I was and I told them about like different places around the area. So that's the research. <laughs> that's a the thoroughness that I do in in, in, in right. quarantine. In quarantine, that's right. My, uh, my Chris Williams here to over deliver, motherfucker. My brother-in-law bought uh, for my father-in-law. He bought him a cameo from the Soup Nazi because he's like a Seinfeld fan, and he said "No soup for you" like eight times in twenty-six seconds. <laughs> he just like kept yelling it over and over at the end until like it cuts out. It, it was crazy. He's got a very limited act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, there's like there's a few other lines. You could have said one of those. I don't yeah. know. Maybe just like play a little bit of a character and send a more personalized message. He just like. Kept but I think he's been that that actor's been living off that role. Like, yeah, yes, those yeah. those yeah. four words have gotten him along longer yeah. than you would think. Well, Good yeah, for him. You, yeah, you drop a so legendary if you guys, character. If you guys do another curb, uh, another crazy eyes episode. Have me on because this is Tim Collins. We will absolutely do another Crazy Eyes Killers episode as a bonus episode if you'll come on. No, no question. Perfect. All right, buddy. Give my. I'll I'll put my my information in the chat. And Tim Collins the best. And you guys. (laughs) Yeah. So so far he really is. All right, man. We need to record the video because Tim is giving us the uh, the Crazy Eyes eye. Yeah, he uh, in in the video, as he says on the episode, in the video, he goes like this, and uh, he just did it in the video, so I can report. All right, so, guys. So thank you, Chris. Thank, thank you, you for got... dropping by. Of course. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Chris. Nice this was you. great. Thank you. So, yeah, that was a very exciting surprise guest we just had on. How about that, fellas? Huh? Yeah. yeah I, hope, I hope the big surprise you teased is, is, is as exciting as that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, 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 that. that was yeah, that was the appetizer. I saw no, that was so amazing. Thank in you the so video, much. he so showed fun. up and he has he has the crazy eyes mask. That's and great. I'm like, oh, so it's somebody from Curb, and he's just wearing a mask like of a Curb theme. I didn't think it's actually yeah. him himself. Hold I know on, that's sorry. great. My my baby is screaming. I apologize. Give me one second. Sure. No. Uh, yeah, Chester's baby is a. Uh... A recurring character on some of his podcasts. So yeah, I mean, we did. You know, it's a baby. How old is the baby? Um, I guess I'm supposed to know this, but it's not my baby, so not really. Uh, no, I guess yeah, six I get months, it. seven months. You know, between oh. six months and a year. Chester, how yeah. old is your baby? All right. So as as I've said, we're not always the most professional podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he's seven months. Seven months. No. Okay, I was pretty close. Pretty I said six months. Yeah. Close. This is this is Ben. He's decided to join us apparently. Oh, hopefully we'll keep him quiet. All right. So we've had quite an exciting first few minutes of the podcast. Yes, this is wild. Yeah. Tim giving us a, uh, a very, uh, very, I think that's the best story we've heard yet about somebody, you know, sort of the process of, of, of getting on curb. And yeah, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you, we quite finished. I, I, I'm like very um, flustered um, now though, since, uh, you oh, know, that's true. Oh, yeah. Cause crazy guys came yeah, by in the middle. Yeah. Yeah, it was like when uh, Bob Hope would walk on on the Tonight Show back in the seventies. Yeah, so I don't know if you wanted if there was any. Like, just no, no, let's go back to it. finish. Yeah, what do we? Okay, so yeah, so we were yeah. So then they called me, told me that I was doing it, and when I got to the when we got to the set to shoot, then I got the outline, the episode outline, right, and I got to see what was happening with this because this was. Uh, that oh I went I went to wardrobe I went to try on some clothes they said yeah well maybe we'll put you in some clothes you know I'm like okay I went to the wardrobe and somebody said 
I said, hi, I'm Tim. I'm here to, for the, and the thing. And they said, Oh, Cheryl's boyfriend. <laughs> and I said, that's how you I found said, out. That's great. Yeah. I said, what do you mean? And he said, uh, never mind. And she put her hand over her mouth. She said, never mind. And ran into the other room. And I thought, Oh my God, what are you talking about? And then of course, you know, the, this, you know, yeah. So that, that, that's, that's a great way to find out. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, then when you, so potentially like, Oh, am I like now going to be like, one of the main characters in the show like you never know i knew i knew that i was doing two of them eventually they mm-hmm. when we did the deal it was for two and it's curb and you don't know you, you don't know if it's going to go on and you don't know if larry decides he doesn't want to do it for six years you know right. what i mean like you don't know like you're not banking on anything you know what i mean and it's hbo you know so it's it was prestige television it still is prestige television to do curb your enthusiasm you know what i mean there's that so whatever they want me to do, I'll do. You know what I mean? But I, I, I was excited to, I was excited to do it. I was just, it was, it's, it's literally, and I've done a bunch of things and I've done some cool shit in my life, but it's the most satisfying work experience I've had because you're simultaneously filming it and writing it at the same time. It's, you're improvising. And, and one of the things that people tend to get wrong about Curb is that they say, it's all improvised. The all the dialogue is improvised, but the story beats have been written and are established. And if you just do everything, a story will be told. You know what I mean? But it's the things that you say right. uh, that 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 are improvised, and that it's it's absolutely thrilling to throw the ball back and forth with people who are the best at something. You know, yeah. it's, I mean, and like the, the, the character that this ends up being is like f- a far more interesting, very specific type of character than like the yeah. generic outline that you described of like, you know, what was right. it like a guy who like intimidates Larry a little bit like this is like, right. no, this is like it's like specifically like a version like, a su- you know, a superhero Ubermensch version of Larry David, who like captures all of his like quirks that like are good, but like without any of yeah. the baggage. Um, yeah, so I guess that and what means if, you're worth like five hundred million dollars. If Larry's worth four hundred, well, that's million. the thing is like is like how do you intimidate Larry David because he's the funniest person in the world and he has five hundred million dollars. So there's nothing, you know, what I mean? you can't do anything. There's nothing. You have nothing. You have nothing going in. So it was a really a, an interesting and daunting challenge, especially when you also didn't have the script to. Um, yeah, there's no script, right? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's a really uh, it's a really interesting character. Um, you know, it just like it it like reads to just like so many of like Larry's central like neuroses. It's almost like this like two faced reflection of Larry in a way. Uh, like he's, yeah. Like, specifically, uh, he has hair. Like obviously, that's number one. Right. There was a lot of things that we shot dialogue about the hair that we talked for easily twenty minutes about on camera, like uh, in a scene. Larry and I about hair, like how how often you get a cut uh, when you what you what you condition it, like you know what I mean. Like for it was great. It was uh, twenty minutes, yeah, twenty minutes to talk about my hair, my my actual literal hair regimen. Yeah, he must. He's he seems absolutely fascinating. I mean, like the stuff that even just gets it into the show must be you know the, maybe it's either the cream of the crop or the bottom of the barrel. Who even knows like what he views as like show worthy? But the guy, you know, that guy no. can ruminate in on anything. Yeah, it's uh, but it's it's good to just shoot as much stuff of a uh, much of uh, what you can 
mm-hmm. and then you edit it down to what works the best. They shot it on um, digital tape. So you had 45 minutes that you could roll and not have to cut and reload, you know? Okay. So, so, yeah, so, it, so they so they would just so you do all of these scenes you did about 45 minutes worth of well of all hits. of the scenes no you would you you could cut you could stop rolling but you don't have to reload you know what i mean so you uh-huh, can okay. so, so you can do long takes everybody that's talking in a scene has a camera on them and a mic on them and is roughly the same size in the frame right mm-hmm. so anything that happens they caught they catch it and there's not a lot of crossover. Like once people are established in the positions they are in the scene, they usually end up staying there. And that's when they can improvise dialogue and not lose anything, you know? Got it. That's really interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. These are, these are uh, the things that are, it's nice to have someone on who uh, actually knows what they're talking about and uh, experiences. Cause uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> not, I, I don't know my way around the movie set at all, but uh, yeah. All right. So uh, are we ready to jump into the recap of the TiVo guy? Okay. Let's hop into it. So we're at home with Larry and he has the TiVo guy at his house and we're trying to figure out what's going on with TV. It keeps pixelating. They're missing shows. They're not on DVR. My wife is upset and, you know, we, we weren't able to watch Lost this week. And the guy's like, oh, Lost. Yeah, I saw Lost. That guy they killed last week. Yeah, he's not dead anymore. <laughs> he's back. Um, I went, um, I, when I, as soon as I was taking notes on this episode, I jumped into the, uh, the discord group for, uh, like the down the hatch podcast. So I asked them like, Hey, does anyone have any thoughts on who, like, is this like a specific thing for lost or is this just a generic, like, Oh, crazy lost. Like the guy who's dead isn't dead type thing. Um, so people had some theories that it could be there, but like, uh, it could be the or Desmond, you know, it's not, it's not clear, but, uh, anyway, I was, uh. Yeah, I, I figured this was just very generic. Obviously, Larry like didn't like go look up on Lostopedia. Like, um, did you? Oh, uh, it sounds like you watched Lost. Is that correct? Yeah, I was very, very into Lost when it was on, and was very angry when it ended. <clears throat> and I have, I have since started uh, rewatching it again because uh, right. Josh Wiggler and Mike Bloom, uh, two really good podcasters, have been covering it on post show recaps for like the last year or so. So right. I've been like kind of following that along with them. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's much better when you know not to care about anything other than yeah. like, these, are, these are like a bunch of really good characters and just like are, who are on an interesting like character arc and character journey. And like all the mysteries for the most part are not going to be explained in any sort of satisfactory way. And like, just, you know, <laughs> be intrigued by some of that stuff, but like, don't be invested in it because it doesn't matter. So, you know, when I like, way, it, when I like a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When I like a TV show, I'll watch every episode twice i'll watch the i'll watch it the first time to just sort of get something from it or just to, you know just to watch it as a show and then i'll watch it to sort of do the study work on it and see why i why i love this so much i'm that way with billions except i'll watch it like three or four times i just love it so much i can't take it and it's it's the opposite of curb in that it is tightly scripted and heavily you know just laden with words so it's yes. um, I just love it so much, but yeah, uh, 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, Sorry. you're going to live, you're going to live and die on billions with just like how much <laughs> you love the, the idea of people being in love with the words they're writing. Yeah. And just like, I, I just am. like over the topness. And yeah, like I, like I like it to an extent. Um, there are some people who love it. Like the people at the ringer are obsessed with, you know, just yeah. like quoting every single line from those episodes. Um, yeah. Some people, you know, it's just like, it's, it's great. Well, I, yeah. It's a very, I met those uh, guys. very hit or miss for people. But yeah, I, I, I met those it. guys on uh, I met those guys on Ocean's Thirteen. They wrote Ocean's Thirteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Ocean's Thirteen. I can't even remember which one. The Ocean's Twelve is the one I know where like Julia Roberts pretends to be Julia Roberts. Right. That's Ocean's the one. 13, the one with Al Pacino. I don't Al Pacino's in it. Okay. Right. I haven't seen those. I've been meaning. It's on my watch list for, for like a while now. I want to watch the all three Oceans, and then I want to watch the original Oceans. I never saw that one. Um, yeah, uh, those are great movies. Even like the ones the that aren't good are still fun. The original Oceans is so weird because Sinatra would only do one take and then he'd leave. <laughs> he'd just split. <laughs> he would just, and they would do shows at night, like you, and they'd drink until five in the morning and then go film this thing. It's just, uh, it's a mess. It, it, uh, but uh, come when on. you're Sinatra, yeah, you can see that. Yeah, there's, there's no it's take to, two, baby. It's good to be the king. By the way, yeah. uh, Lost was a good show, but you know what was a better show? Lost on Earth. Oh, Lost yeah. Lost on Earth, yes. I yes. was so that was that was I got a deal to do that. That was when USA, the USA Network, was just starting to do original shows, their own like original comedies, and they had a they had a little bit of money, and we did it, and we had some great people on the thing, and but nobody it was neither fish nor fowl. Nobody knew what to do with it, and uh, it was a uh, we we did okay on it. Uh, uh, it was good business wise. But it was it was, uh, it was uh, we were rudderless as a production, I think, in a lot of ways. But it was fun. It was a fun time in my life. That show. Um, yeah, so Lost on Earth, which starred Tim, of course. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. So this TiVo guy, uh, he explicitly asks him, or is explicitly asked not to spoil the episode, and then he does. So to me, this is like early leader in the clubhouse for worst person. But there's a lot worse to come. There's a lot worse to come in this episode. I mean, I disagree. I mean, this is pretty much the worst thing you could do to someone is to (laughs) deliberately spoil an episode of television. I mean, it's just like it's the he's he said don't say anything about loss. Like I don't know what like what was and then then he doubles down after that. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, we had a we had a friend in high school who once was like making a list of like movies that he hadn't seen. I don't know if you remember this story with Uri. Not, and this, exactly. this kid in the this kid in the class walked over and he's like he sees like six cents he's like six cents why would you see six cents everyone knows and like and he's like what the hell are you what do you what like what don't that's like the worst guy the guy yeah. who spoils things for people yeah is the worst guy are, are you, is the spoiler someone i know also yeah you might say that i'm the worst guy from potentially spoiling the end of this episode where we say <laughs> the asshole of the week but i guess it's a little meta. yeah all right, so let, let's hop back into Larry's uh, living room. Yeah, so yeah, just a reminder, though, um, Hurley was in Lost, Hurley is in Curb, you know, so it's, it's, it's weird that nothing is like clicking into place yet for Larry, that oh. this, uh, the drug dealer is now a big star. <laughs> I mean, Av, do you Did remember you... the face of every person you ever bought pot from? I mean, come on. If I bought drugs from Hurley, I would remember. No, but he wasn't Did Hurley you know... at the time, he's just a generic guy. It doesn't matter, he's Hurley. You'd be like, <laughs> I remember that guy. I, I heard, guy. this is what I heard, that they were trying they were casting lost and they couldn't find that guy and they went home for the weekend and everybody watches curb on sunday night and they came in on monday and said 
What about the guy who was selling Larry Pot? Can we get him in here? They brought him in. They brought him in Tuesday, tested him at the network on Wednesday, and he was on a plane on Thursday to Hawaii to start shooting on Monday. I never knew the time. That's crazy. That timing. That's incredible. Who would yeah. you say more randomly benefited from being on Curb Hurley or the guy from the Dodgers game who was going to go to jail? It's close. Uh, it's pretty close. Right? Yeah. It's close. It's in terms right. of like, you know, increase of like expected average value of life. I mean, Hurley became like this megastar. He was on like a, like a number but one I never knew the time. I, it was like that quick. That's really incredible. That's crazy. That's yeah. really something. Yeah. It's, uh, but that's the thing with Curb though is everybody, you didn't have to send out a, hey, don't forget to watch me on some, you go, everybody watched it. Everybody yeah. in casting, especially everybody in, in television casting because they knew that. The, that it's difficult to do you know what i mean it's a uh it's a, a high bar to it's, clear it, right exactly um yeah okay so back to the episode um so all of a sudden the phone rings and it's cheryl magically calling from an airplane and the flight is very turbulent there's a storm and she's really scared and Larry, like, he kind of hears her, doesn't really hear her. He doesn't really, he's not really paying attention to her is really the true story. Because uh, he's very focused on the TiVo guy. And he's like, oh, it's a good thing that you called. Like, do you know where, like, the paper with some code is for the TiVo? She's like, no, Larry, we're going to die. The plane is crashing. Like, I'm scared, Larry. And Hold on. Like, I, I, need, I need to defend Larry here for a second. She doesn't say any of those things. She says, I don't know if we're <laughs> going to make it, she says. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, she doesn't. Okay. I'm, to, I'm, to, not... I'm being Larry's lawyer here for a second. Oh, yeah, a lot of turbulence. Yeah, I... He can't hear. He's distracted. He's not paying attention to her. But he, he doesn't. I don't think he hears anything and willfully ignores it. No, I agree with that. No, I was I was just playing up the, yeah. the situation. Yes, I, yeah. I agree that it's like it is probably very difficult for him to understand what she is saying based on the words that she says. Yeah. Which to yeah. us, because we see her on the plane, like we obviously like the thought. Yeah. And also the Larry's acting easily, e- equally as flustered as her. And she would say in hindsight for a much less necessary reason. And that's part of her anger. But like, we all do that. We all get really pissed about something. And then someone says, well, put it in perspective. And then, okay, fine. Well, if you're compared to life and death, it's not a big deal. But you know, you're allowed, you're allowed to be frustrated with the TiVo guy or the internet being out or whatever it is. So I'm, I, I think uh, Larry's, uh, you know, being a little maligned here. Yeah, I, well, I certainly agree that this is yeah. nowhere near the worst thing that he has done. Yes. Yeah, this is like, you if know, you need he, reason he, to divorce Larry, I can provide a list. He, he, he at the very least has very solid, plausible deniability. Yes. Like certainly he could just claim, oh, sorry, I just couldn't hear anything that you said. You're yeah. calling me from an airplane. Like, I don't know what you want. Yeah. If it was the only thing he ever did. Yes. <laughs> she may be overreacting. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, for sure. And obviously this yeah. is a straw. And we'll get to that. She'll yeah. say it's the straw that broke the yeah. camel's back. And I yeah. think she um, gives uh, the talking during sex as uh, the other massive crime he committed. But we'll get to that. Yeah. And I, and I would certainly say in an alternate reality, like 99% out of 100 times, if he like pisses off the TiVo guy, like she's mad at him for the next month that like her shows right. are gone. Yeah. So it's like, I yeah, think he was true. playing it safe. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, that's a fair point. Yeah. He, and he even says to her, which comes back, I got all your shows. I DVR'd your shows. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking like, I don't know what you want from me. Yeah. Before we came on the episode, uh, Tim, we were talking. We were listing some of the shows that our uh, respective uh, uh, significant others and former significant others uh, really enjoy watching right. that we sort of uh, hear by osmosis just being in the house and, and, and getting into these things uh, sort of uh, by their side. And Larry, he knows the names of the shows. He's dropping them left and right. So, yeah, Team Larry. Which I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um... – so as they hang up, we see uh, Cheryl hanging up in the in her seat, and she just like randomly grabs the 
a hand of the person next to her, like in a jolt. And, you know, we see all of a sudden there's some sort of connection is happening. And Cheryl arrives home and he's like, hey, great to see you. Great news. We have reservations for tonight at Primo's. And she's like, Larry, I'm leaving. Wait, but hold on. Uh, before that, can we go to the airplane for a second? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, so it seems very clear from the way that they sort of accidentally hold hands and then look at each other. And, and Tim, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you would know a little yeah. more than me. But it seems as if up until this point, you know, on the flight, they haven't really exchanged any, uh, you know, they haven't spoken to each other. Right. All right. So, so here's my question. Uh, my personal opinion is that you're on, you're in a plane in business class. There's just two seats in your row. You're sitting, you know, you're a, you're a confident salesman like Glenn. You have Kennedy-esque head of hair on top of your head. You're right. sitting next to an attractive woman on a flight. I think at some point right. you strike up a conversation. Sure. Uh, but it, it, it would have been, uh, it, it, but I think that for the drama of the moment, mm-hmm. I think it was, I think it would have been like, it's more of a, it's more of a, uh, it's more the tableau of, uh, I just reached out and touched the, you know what I mean? With yeah. no words, you know what I mean? Is more yeah. sort of poetic and romantic and heightened given the, uh, uh, you know, the, the weather, the severity of the weather, the, yeah. uh, the tempestuousness of the situation. Yeah, yeah. Well, as and Elaine I, Bettis I would say, you don't need any words if you have that kind of hair, Kennedy hair. That's right. That's yeah, right. And and I think it, like if, if if they had like exchanged pleasantries or even like spoken a little up until then, like I don't think that detracts from it just being still this like moment of like oh. But it also lessens Cheryl in a way if that were if they were chatting before and they were having martinis on the plane, then it looks like she was just looking mm-hmm. to hook up versus yeah. well that this that's. Is a, as, as Larry's lawyer, that's what my focus is on a little bit. Like, at what stage was this adulterous? Then at what stage was this, you know, post-marital? This, uh, right, this, exactly. This budding exactly. relationship. Maybe exactly. Cheryl sits down, sees that head of hair right on the plane, and she's like, you know what? I've had enough with Larry. And then, you know, the, 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 the phone call is just the, the, the last straw, really, because uh, she, she's already seen when you, Yeah, when you break up with somebody, you can you know what I mean? Sometimes you want to go 180 the other way. Yeah. Um, but some, sometimes you break up with somebody and then you think about missed opportunities you had when you were dating that person. You're like, well, if it was going to break up anyways, it could have broken up earlier. Yeah. And I think Cheryl doesn't want that to happen to her. Right. Yeah. She's exactly. like, uh, you know, yeah, me and Larry is, uh, at some point we're going to end. So yeah. You don't want to throw bad, uh, bad money after good. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. If you're getting um, half of Larry's fortune, it's good money either way. My yeah, God. Well, but then just take it and go. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what she was yeah, trying to do last season that. when he was on his deathbed. So, <laughs> yeah, Cheryl. Yeah. You know, Cheryl's been like waiting for the right opportunity. She's like, all right, that's it. You, yeah. you, you didn't answer my call from the yeah, plane. She was looking for an excuse. It's like a Larry. Larry. which yeah. which which counterpoint fair. Yeah, I would also Larry be looking for an excuse yes. to divorce <laughs> Larry David. So, all right. So let's come back. So Larry's home and uh, Cheryl accuses him. She says she's leaving. Yeah, she says, I'm leaving. Larry's like, no, like, I saved your shows. You're the TiVo guy. And, like, what, what's the problem? And Cheryl's just like, no, Larry, it's not even about that. It's about all of it. All of your annoying behavior. You're talking during sex. And not dirty talk. Chit chat. <laughs> you want to discuss whether people can tell the difference between real meat, real crab, and fake crab. Yeah. And Larry's like, well, I think that is a very fun topic to discuss during sex. Now, first of all, we know that Elaine Bennis chit chats during sex. Just about regular stuff. Right. <coughs> right. Does so maybe that. that yeah. yeah right. That's what Jerry tells the girl who's playing Elaine on Jerry on Seinfeld. Uh-huh. Interesting. When she wow. says she wants to know everything about about Elaine, everything. How is she in the bedroom? And Jerry says she likes to talk during sex. And, and then the Elaine actress gets all excited, really. And he's like, oh, just talk about regular stuff. You know, 
like Larry David, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So how yeah. much? Of, uh, so how much of Elaid is all? Is yeah, also we think it's Larry all David. in George. All, but, yeah, it's a set all, all the characters. All the characters are Larry David. They were all Larrys. Yeah, they're all Larry. Um. By the way, I need to say, like Larry's crime to me, although it's a consistent one in this show, whenever somebody's in is traveling, is that he's sitting on the couch with his feet up when his wife walks in from the airport. Like, there's no situation yeah. where if you have nothing else to do and your wife is coming yeah. back from the airport, that you're like, all right, take a cab. You're practically daring her to divorce you. Yeah, so that's you're a, practically yeah. daring. That's yeah. that's pretty risky. And I have to say, Cheryl is the worst to bring in another Seinfeld reference. Cheryl is the worst breaker upper ever. There's myriad <laughs> reasons to get rid of Larry David. But like the fact that he likes to talk during sex, like if that's his second greatest crime, you know, like Larry, you you're really screwing your argument here. Anyway. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would just say, like, we could just, like, take a look at Cheryl's position in the game at the beginning of the episode and the end of the episode and says this woman knows what she's doing. Yeah. Yeah, she absolutely. she gets out. She takes she takes half his money. She takes all his friends, yeah. <laughs> all of his reservations and restaurants. And she gets she's she gets to get that head of hair with uh, with Tim Conlon under it. Yeah, that's right. Um, so it all worked out. Yeah. yeah, and Cheryl like Cheryl goes on to explain. She's like, you know, the worst part is like every single person who's like, how do you stay with him? How do you put up with him? And I always have to be like, no, there's another side to Larry that you don't right. see. But no, actually, there's no other side. You're just <laughs> terrible. This is a this is a very valid point, but yeah, she 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 starts with the, the weaker arguments. I guess she has a good yeah, and she's like, listen, like I you know I hung up with you. I thought I was gonna die. I started talking to this guy next to me. We had a nice conversation, and then I realized, oh yeah, normal people exist, and you know, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna try dating him now. And Larry's like, I don't understand. You met someone like what? Well, who is this guy? Yeah. What's his deal? Is he as prepared as me? Does he have mints? Does he have a pen? Does he have tissues? I have all of those things. Well, you know, what's his deal? And Cheryl's like, I don't really know. Um, all I know is he owns some underwear company called No Fly Zone. It's underwear with no fly. <laughs> and Larry's like, I know that company. That's a stupid company. Now, can we pause to talk about No Fly Zone for a second? And we'll let Tim yes. defend himself. Yeah. To me, it's not that it's stupid. It's just not like some original invention. Like none of my boxer briefs have flies. Like that's a pretty right. standard thing. I feel well, like. Right. Maybe maybe this is a recent uh, trend. <laughs> I don't I don't remember the state of uh, flies and underwear in the. Well, I mean, I mean, uh, we actually like I do right. have one pair of underwear from. All oh, right, age. that's we true. <laughs> we have a sample. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. so Tim, tell us about your company, No Fly Zone. Well, what was. <clears throat> First of all, I came up with the name No Fly Zone. That was I brought that in. Oh wow! To nice. the, they just said it. They, they just said that it was underwear with no fly. So I was. I said to myself, "Self, what would what would you call it?" I go, "No fly, No Fly Zone." Like that was the next word that came. I said, "That's the name of the company." And I'll just if Larry asks, I'll tell I'll tell him that. And Start then, a Kickstarter. Right there, you go. Right, and then it was. Then it was. Then they just called it that from then on in. That that was just what they decided it was going to be. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, but a lot of stupid ideas catch on. You know what I mean? And I happen, I personally, Tim Conlon, happen to love high quality men's underwear. The feeling of high quality men's underwear, if it wicks, if it cools you, if it's $60, I'm in. I'm in, fellas. And um, so it was, so it just to me, like, I just like, I could talk about, I could talk about high quality underwear for hours. I just love it. <laughs> and so it, to me, it was just, it was, it was no very, but, but really it is, it is super dumb. The no fly thing is, as your hook 
is is stupid, generally speaking. <laughs> and the only so I was like, so Listen, I knew as the founder and CEO, I don't know if you should admit that, but <laughs> right. But as a as an outside observer, as the this guy is, yeah, improvising, obviously insider trading this podcast right. now. As a guy improvising a a character, I have to come up with something that's defensible. And what I came up with was that we had done some R and D, and seventy three percent of who we interviewed uh, was over. It was um was over the, was over the fence and through the gate. That was how I had described. Oh, so you came up with you, that whole thing? Yeah, that's great. And it was um so I said seventy three percent and and. He, and Larry, when we were, because we were, I, we were improv, we weren't rolling yet, or we were, or we were, I, I don't remember. It wasn't, it wasn't in the thing, but he, he said, he kept saying R and D over and over again. R and D, <laughs> you guys did a little R and D, did you? And they go, how was the R and D? It was, <laughs> and he, it was so funny. He just kept saying it. It was, it was. And I said, yeah, and 73%. So you can't argue with the numbers. Yes, you can. You can argue with a stupid number. They took your money. It was, uh, I just love, it was because you can't argue with the statistic. You can only argue, you can only discredit the statistic later. Yeah. So I figured, I don't, I don't, I don't need to be around later. I can just say it now. I'll just say the thing now and they'll say cut. That'll be it. So that was way, all I'm I with the, I'm with the 73%. Of going, you go, you, you pull your underwear down. You don't go through the thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, well, I mean, I I, I wear like boxer briefs. I don't wear yeah. like, boxers. So yeah, right. so I, it's not really a natural. When they have it, it's like a super folded thing, unfolding. Yeah, yeah I go either yeah, it's over a the little... top or through the leg. I'm not going through that right. fold. But if you yeah, have a one it's... button traditional boxer, I guess it's different. Yeah, but really, if you don't, uh, I love what I'm wearing right now. And I'll shout out to Tommy John, the company. It's uh, the Tommy John um, Air and. You, you, we'll, we'll leave it in the show notes. Folks can look it up. It's really, it's a, when you want to feel good about yourself, <laughs> when you're going to feel like you've done, done something right in your life. It's uh it's like, uh, uh, it's like, it's like nothing you've ever felt. John. You know really? what though? Okay. I think you're right. Like it, if, if the pandemic has taught us anything, you look in your closet, there's a lot of clothes you haven't worn much the last year. Oh yeah. You're wearing underwear every single day. So it's actually probably underwear. a smart investment than like a lie. <laughs> And yeah, and underwear, undershirt, ties socks, right? And socks too. Yeah. Socks, underwear, undershirt are the things that you should probably put the most amount uh, because they're closest to you as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and once underwear started to do more than just be underwear, like it started to cool you down. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then wick the sweat away from you. You're like, what are guys? We're an age of miracles. <laughs> This is fascinating information because I've heard these advertisements on like every podcast has like for these like, you know, yeah. high end underwear. And I'm yeah. always like, I don't need high end underwear, but now it sounds like I really do need high end underwear. Need a personal um, you need, you need high end underwear. Uh, my okay. friend is, a, my friend is a meditation teacher and he used to hang around the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, right? Who was the Beatles um, guru. And he said that his clothing was a, a blanket from the village he was just in, right? His, but against his skin, he would wear um, Indian silk, which is the most expensive material there is on, literally on earth. So everything against his skin was Indian silk and then put on whatever you want on top of that. 
and you know, and you and go from you travel the world. And I thought that's what high quality underwear is like. That's you know, that's you know what I mean. It's I'm a believer. Tim, I forgot to mention uh, this episode is sponsored by Hanes, where no pair of underwear is more than uh, three for ten bucks. So, <laughs> oh my God! Well, you know what? I'm glad you guys have sponsorship. You no, deserve. No, joke. I'm joking. I know no, yeah. we have no sponsors. Uh, we have no revenues. We have uh, we have some fans. Yeah. Um, we um, yeah. I you know I just wear like regular like Banana Republic boxers, which have you know served me just fine for 37 years of my life. But you know, but you know I what? Guess, for the next, thir- for the next 37, let's be done with just fine. Yeah, no, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to embrace that spirit. I do that with a lot of things. I, I, I do indulge in things. So, you know, when I was working with Alec and Jeff on that show, one of the people we were working with was a guy named Jake Johansson, who's a stand up comic, who's absolutely great. And Jake and I went out for coffee and I was we were standing in line and I was pulling at my underwear in between uh, uh, from my jeans. And I said uh, and he said, what are you doing? And I said, I I'm wearing my laundry day underwear. I have a bad, I got one bad pair and I'm wearing them. He goes, you know what? Get rid of those. He goes, there's no, no more bad pairs of underwear. He says, for this phase of your life, get rid of anything that's bad. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do that. And we, and I did. And I've never been happy. Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to check this out. Um, and uh, all of you could check it out in uh, Alex. You have to put that in the show. Oh no, I do the show notes. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. I'll, put it, I'll put it in the show notes. All yeah. right. These, it'll definitely be the show notes. You can tell. <laughs> If not now, when? If not now, when, guys? My goodness. It's the underwear episode. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay, yeah. So um, I, I'll just say, like, my entire take on the whole no-fly zone and Larry's reaction to it is right. it, it's not so much that Larry thinks that it's an idiotic idea. It's that it's an idiotic idea that he didn't think of. Like, <laughs> he, like he's like, I also have, like, idiotic ideas for companies. Sure. And, like, no one wants to, like, just, like, make those yeah. companies. And, like, he can spot a bullshitter when he sees one because he's a bullshitter. Yeah. So like, he sees this guy throwing out, like, bullshit statistics. I'm like, oh, yeah, 74%. Yeah, fuck you. You made that up. I like I I know the types of things that you could get away with saying that no one could call you yeah. on like stats like that. As yeah. you said. And he hates him also. You know what I mean? That's the other thing is he hates him. And and I the, mean to be fair, you, he stole his wife. It's fair. It's yeah. Fair. And so whatever you whatever he does is the worst. You know what I mean? It's like if uh, if my ex started going out with somebody named Alex. I would think Alex was the stupidest fucking name I've ever heard in my life. That's the fucking dumbest. Who would name their kid Alex? You know what I mean? Because they just have to be whatever it is. It's the worst. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And the irony of it, of course, is that Larry David walked into NBC studios and like literally pitched to them that I'm going to write a show for you about nothing. Yeah. And it went on to become the most successful show in the history of television. And he's right. like, like, give the guy, the no fly zone guy a break. It's like, you're doing just yeah. fine with your stupid ideas. <laughs> exactly. But no, he can't leave it alone. That's the point. Yeah, like, like he's yeah, he's he's he knows a fraud when he spots one. Like he can't like yeah. let anyone else get away. He's like, this is what I do. No one else gets. <laughs> yes, to do this. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so Cheryl's like, that's it. I'm going to stay with my sister, and she heads out. And this I'm is surprised she doesn't kick Larry out. By the way, I'm surprised she's um, saying, I keep the house. You leave. 
Yeah. Do you think she, do you think that she's already spoken to, you know, apparently not because a divorce lawyer would probably tell you not to leave the house. Like, it's very bad to leave the house. Well, a divorce lawyer would like also, uh, you know, it's surprising, like when she's having a conversation with Larry, that she also drops. Oh, by the way, I met Glenn on the airplane. I'm with him. Like, you have to separate the I'm breaking up with you and I found someone else into two separate conversations because it makes it sound like you're like, you know, that again, like you were leaving him because you were already having a relationship with somebody else. Right. Sure also, it's like a it, job here. It's also right, it's give like, up the house. But there's no custody here, right? There's no kids involved. It's just the stuff. Yeah. And also, um, if she le- if she storms out, she is, uh, you know, it, then it's it's not about the money. It's not about the anything. It's it's about the yeah. it's about her uh, her leaving. And I got to get yeah. away from you. She knows she's going to get enough either way. So she can uh, yeah, make the- Jeez, the ways you guys. Oh, my <laughs> God. The least romantic uh, <laughs> a vision of uh, marriage I've seen from my God. Well, I'm I'm not talking. I'm talking about Cheryl and Larry within the context of this show, right? Like last season, he's on his deathbed, and she can't (laughs) wait for him to be dead so that she can immediately like start going into the money. And then she starts arguing with with Jeff, who's trying to schnorr her for what is it, five thousand bucks on the difference of the used car? (laughs) So, which by the way is why she's such a hypocrite here. Like, oh man, like you didn't you weren't here when I needed you, which is a very fair and valid complaint. She was he was on his deathbed and she couldn't give a shit. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm team Larry. Still. Yeah, she was already spending his money like as the, yeah. the, the you know, the, the heart monitor stopped. Even. But you also have forward vision. You can see into the future. Really? You couldn't see into the future in that moment, you know? Yeah, because you're. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it, when she ends up with Ted Danson, um, I mean, with all due right. respect, Tim, I think Ted Danson is like, of like is like the Glenn times two, right? Because it's like all. The, oh my all, God! Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's everything that you man. have. It's the hair and everything, right? Yeah. But he's also I, somebody uh, who Larry's hated even before, like Larry, like Larry's hated him for forever, basically, as long as he's known him on the show. And people thought I understood that. I don't know if this is true or not, but I heard that people actually thought that he and Mary Steenburgen had broken up. Because, because they were playing, curb. yeah. You take it yeah. seriously and literally. <laughs> it's like it's like it's CNN. You know what I mean? It's. Uh, I met Mary Steenburgen at a thing once with Ted Danson, and she's shockingly beautiful. Like you just look at her and you just you just can't believe you can't believe someone could be that beautiful. And, right? Like right when you're like, yeah. oh my god. And now she's uh, a successful musician, also. Yeah, there, and there's and she's unceasingly good at everything she does. Yeah. it's it's uh, it's uh, hilarious. Did you ever see uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I haven't. It's on my list. As many things are, but yeah, no, I haven't. She's in it. She's wonderful. She's All wonderful. Right. I'll move it yeah. up the list. Yeah. You're going to be sitting there, Av, in your very comfortable Tommy John's. <laughs> All right. Enjoy, yeah. Enjoying Gilbert Grape with a giant beer in your hand. That's how I see this going. All right. That sounds like a very yeah, pleasant that evening. Like, yeah, so. that actually sounds pretty Sign me up for that. In. You're going to be, yeah, and you can be texting Chris Williams. You, you got your new pal. <laughs> this all sounds like quite a life yeah quite a life i'll be leading by the way i just want to say like to go back into the world of curb like yeah yeah like cheryl even if she's like the one who wins off between larry and her like larry's the worst person than cheryl clearly but if it's between cheryl and mary steenburgen cheryl doesn't have a chance right cheryl david in the show so you'd have to wonder what did ted do to lose mary that he has to settle for yeah I wow, this is man, this is this is this is intricate. This is a this is a well, real this was like, we've always wondered like, what is Cheryl's backstory before the show, right? The character, what was she doing before she met Larry? I Who don't know, yeah. I, I know the sister, uh, um, she's a groundlings, uh, actress, yeah. right? And she's on, um, it's always sunny, uh, and she's been on, always sunny, yeah. Other stuff. She's tremendous, she's yeah. really good. Oh my god, she's good. We did um, a bunch of stuff in the apartment. 
uh, with her. And, you know, you can't air everything. It's ultimately when I watched it, I was like, oh, come on, guys, come on. Can we air all nine hours of the shit we shot? Like, can we, you know what I mean? Because it's. Put it uh, online you know, as like an extra or whatever. At least people just watch it. roll all. Yeah. Roll every take of everything. It was just this. Uh, it was this blissful um, uh, flow state moments with everybody. You know what I mean? And it's and. To keep just because you, you're just trying to keep the ball going, you're just throwing the ball back and forth with somebody uh, till you're out of ideas. It's just a, it's an amazing way to make television. Fantastic. Back when they would do DVDs, obviously you would have like DVD extras, but now like right. they should produce that stuff and put it. But well, you can put it behind a paywall. It can be like an extra feature or whatever. But like I think fans of these shows would definitely. I mean, I know would. I mean, p- people listen to hours of podcasts and watch hours of clips yeah. on YouTube of scenes that right. they already know. So if like if I found out like there was extra curb scenes, even okay, it's not the best. It's like you know cutting room floor. Or stuff. or maybe it is like who the hell knows like what they cut. Yeah, maybe my like, opinion is different than Larry David's. I mean, he's probably yeah. right over me ninety nine percent of the time. But for my personal sense of humor, maybe I like something else. Yeah. Or just like <laughs> awesome hilarious scenes that just like didn't work for like the plot anymore, so they just got cut. Didn't Anchorman make like an entire second film based yeah. on like just cutting room floor stuff? But also, Larry probably just go, ah, you know what I mean? And that would be Why the end. Yeah. Then there'd be no more <laughs> right. discussion about it at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So right. just, that, 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 that's all it takes to end the discussion. That's probably exactly what happened. His agent probably calls and proposes, and he's like, ah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think he yeah. just answered it correctly, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's why there are. That's why you won't see the DV actors. Yeah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, be like people today. It's like the, the fans of things will just like no, nobody wants new things. They just like want more of the things that they already love. Like just like more content, more content. It's uh, it's a really interesting uh, culture, like in subcultures of things. It's like you can never dig deep enough for, with some things. Because I think things for a while stopped being very good. You know what I mean? And so you just wanted a bit more of the thing that was good. You know? Yeah. That could be, or at least like things that were like shared, like everything has become so split up where it's like yeah. people like going back to those like shows where it's like you, you associate them with like friends and with like watch parties and like, yeah. like when everything now TV is like, oh, are you watching that? Oh, that's like 17th on our list. Oh yeah. We watched that four years ago. I don't remember it. Right. Like no but I think also anymore. COVID accentuated these things, right? Because they couldn't make yeah. new content content for much of 2020. And so you had to go back to nostalgia and like watch your favorite things. And you're like, well, I've already we watched it. Back. So now let me find, yeah, let me find a podcast about it. Let me find like, you know, read like Reddit about it, you know, go on Twitter. Like, you know, it's, you wanted to sort of deep more, dive more into that because you didn't have new stuff. And, and then it just sort of yeah. killed that of people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So uh, speaking of something that couldn't happen in the year 2020, um, the Greens are having a dinner party with the Funkhausers and Larry kind of just like appears in their living room. In their dining room I mean. Like he doesn't like knock yeah. on the door. He's just like, hey, I'm here. Is he invited? Uh, um, Boundaryless. No, I don't think so. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you think you think the, you think it's implied that the Davids were invited to this party now? Well, but there's no seat at the table for them. Yeah, there's and if no he seat comes for him. In, like she... There would be two seats, and Susie would have said, yeah. what the fuck? Why are you so late? And we're <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah we're, exactly. Uh, then right. she's, she's like, my poor baby. Her, her, right. her reaction instantly here. I mean, obviously, it shifts quickly throughout the scene, but shocking <laughs> to see how pro. And we talked about this. Like, we love those, those moments, and they're always just mere moments when Larry and Susie are on the same side. Oh, I love. I love when Larry and Susie are friends. Yeah. They're so good as friends. I love it because you know that it's going to turn. Yeah. You know yes, that you yes. can feel it in There's your soul. Yeah. It's so you precious. Can, it's so precious. Yeah. You want to just, just want to hold on to can it. It lasts like, 10 so seconds, good. 30 Let's seconds. Let's see if we can, that's yeah. more of yeah. this. And, and like, you know, not this. You know what's not happening. He, she's going to say, she's going to say kind of lovingly and sweet. Do you want to look at the rest of the house? <laughs> no. 
get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right, exactly. It's not going to take much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it turns hard and angry and just the greatest. And you know what? Susie is the one who tries. I mean, Larry tries once in a while, but Susie can see yeah. through it and know that it's just because he wants something from her. But Susie yeah. genuinely tries actually to be a good friend. So, you know, um, in, a, in a future episode this season, Jeff will lie to a, a hearing and say that Susie is the most loving woman in the world. That's obviously not the case. But I think she's, uh, you know, not as bad as maybe we assume because she tries with Larry. Just uh, he's always the one who says, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, Susie Essman's great, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's incredible. Yeah. By the way, she's another person, you know, uh, Chris was saying this about Crazy Eyes. She's another person who I assume most people meet her on the street say, can you say something insulting to me? Here, here's a phone. Can you call my mother-in-law and call her a fucking bitch? <laughs> Probably. Right. Well, I, yeah. don't th- I don't think she's taking uh, cell phones for people on the street. I think people yeah. are paying her $400 yeah, on the website. Probably. So yeah. good for her. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, I've said before, the woman who's like the main realtor in my neighborhood, like looks and sounds a lot like uh, Susie Essman slash Susie Green. And like, she's uh, also I'm going to guess you don't live in Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and uh, she's uh, she's a tough lady. And it's like very like a lot of people are like, yeah, she's like Susie from Curb. It's really funny. Like, have wow. a little but, bit but you're afraid you're too afraid of her to say that to her face. Um, no, of course not. It's a huge insult. Like, you don't tell somebody that like, oh, you remind me of the woman from Curb who curses at everybody and yells. Well, I mean, an extremely popular television character. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I, I would take a be, risk. I would say to her, uh, you know, you, you remind me of you uh, remind me of someone. You're a nice person. But you never you never know what that character is gonna mean to that person. So yeah. you don't know if they're gonna be complimented or yeah. insulted. You also, know what that, I mean? Yeah, so you never compare a woman to another woman. I've learned this out of the heart. No, right? no. You can compare a woman to like, you know, Michelle Obama or I don't know, like Christy Brinkley, and they're gonna be like, Don't even oh, do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't even do that. that. I don't think either of those two people are safe with everyone. Well, Thank God I'm here. Don't compare to anything. Just, I mean, my like wife you, loves Michelle Obama, Melania but I'm sure there are many women who don't. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you remind me of Michelle Obama slash Melania Trump. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. I kind of get that, that similar energy. You remind me of the first lady. Ah, yes. Yeah. The In best one. Ways. Which one? Oh, of course, the best one. Yeah. The one who gave yeah, the exact that's... same speech at the, at the convention, consecutive convention. Yes, of course, in this, it, uh, in this compliments. Yeah, I was gonna say, because of course, Melania it was compliments. I'm giving you, um, I'm the president in this scenario. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, Tim, what were you saying? Yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry about that. But all right, so, uh, so Larry comes into the table, though, and here's the thing, like, he tells the story very much from Cheryl's perspective. He could have said, like, my wife called me, I couldn't hear her, we had a poor connection, she hung up on me because she thought I, you know, was ignoring her, but really I just couldn't hear her, and now she's cheating on me with this guy with gorgeous hair. But he doesn't say that at all. He, like, totally presents Cheryl's side. Yeah, he's evolving. Ah, is that what happened? Yeah, yeah maybe, uh, you know, it really took her, it took her walking out to really start making him see things from her he perspective sees, finally ah. and how all of his uh, quirks and intricacies are uh, not so great to be on the other side of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Susie makes him a plate and Larry's like, wait, but this is a small plate. Everyone else got a big plate. And she's like, no, it's, everyone got the same amount of food. It's just a different size plate. But he's still not happy with this. Um, and like, I, I mean he should take the food, but like, it, it, it is like a weird phenomenon where it's like the size of the plate now makes it feel like you don't have as much food as everybody else. Oh, wait, but really? You're, like you're on Larry's side here? I'm not on his side. I just, I understand the... And he asked for seconds? Like, I don't think there's a limit on the food. Yeah, no, I just meaning yeah. I understand the feeling of like, sometimes the size of the plate makes it feel like there's more or less food than there actually is. <laughs> Larry's doing a and great like, job throughout this episode of really leaning into like being the annoying Larry stereotype in like inopportune moments. Yeah. yeah. You know? Um, I think the episode really wants to accentuate, you know, why Cheryl's leaving and, and how justified and logical it really is. Yeah. So everyone's like, you know, don't worry. You know, you, you, obviously you were wrong in this situation, but like it'll blow over. She'll come back. And um, 
she's telling you, well, I don't know. She actually met this guy on a plane, at which point Jeff calls you a scumbag. Tim. What's that about? Well, it happens. You got you to roll when you roll with your buddy. You know what I mean? The guy's an ass, whoever that guy is. Yeah, yeah of course. You know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so Funk, uh, he gets up and he's like, no, I have like a, I have a big announcement to make basically. Um, you know, Cheryl's a great girl. She's got a great body. Jeff's <laughs> no, like, it's, 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 Cheryl's body used to be amazing. Right. Jeff, Jeff, Jeff says, I remember. Jeff <laughs> yeah. That was and, and, crazy. And, yeah. And Larry agrees too. Larry's <laughs> like, yeah, it really was. <laughs> no, and then he thinks back. Then the next reminisce they show is, is her on the beach, isn't it? Or is that later in the episode? I don't. I don't have that. When um, I was thinking about her. Oh, okay. No, oh, that could be. That could be. I might have just. Yeah. That, that, I, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but like you know, Cheryl's amazing. But we wouldn't even know Cheryl if it wasn't for Larry. So obviously, we're gonna stick with you. Team and Larry. Susie's like, yeah. Listen, you know, people are gonna have to take sides, but of course, we're all gonna stand behind you, Larry. We're all Team Larry to the end. And, and, right. and again, it's like, it's so enjoyable because it's so the opposite of what you expect Susie. To, we expect Susie to say like, you four-eyed fuck, I'm never talking to you again. You did this to my friend Cheryl, I'm never forgiving you. But no, it's like, for this moment, she's on Team Larry. And it, it is, yeah. it's so delectable. Yeah, because you know, you yeah. can feel it starting. To, it's we're, Yeah, well, He's we're doing it again. <laughs> we're going to fuck this up. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, so the, the phone, phone rings. rings. Yeah. And, and uh, why, yeah. Would, why would Larry in this, I complain about this in literally every episode, but why would Larry think it's Cheryl calling Susie's house? Yeah, when Larry will instantly show us, oh, by the way, here's my cell phone. I have it in my hands. Yeah. yeah. Like, why does he have any reason to? Why would you have any reason to think that he's at the green? I mean, maybe. Well, maybe because it was a plan. Maybe it was a plan. Um, you know, dinner party that they probably was a planned dinner party. Now we're getting to the end. Yeah. Now we're getting. Yeah. yeah we yeah, are Cheryl it. and Larry's seats. Yeah, but where are their seats? Right. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're so late that they just uh, assume by now they're not coming. So they're Good. like, here, let's what take they... the leaf out of the table, close the table back up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Reset the table. That's right. It's That's what you do when you have millions yeah. of dollars. All right. Yeah. It's, yeah, so it's possible that this, this stuff wasn't yeah. all thought. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, um, so but uh, Susie doesn't let him answer the phone because they have a no answering the phone during dinner policy. And it's very strict. Even if you think you might be your wife who just walked down yeah. on you, calling you <laughs> to see if you want to reconcile. No that is not an ex- yeah. Even that is not above the policy. You guys all, we all know, you guys are, how old are you, 30, mid-30s, something like that? You've all known people that have been in marriages, and there are these weird little rules that, you know, know, you're like, oh, we got to do this? We got to, we got to, we all going to do this? Yeah, we do. We all, we're not going to answer the phone during dinner. My mother was, my mother was big on that. Don't. And she would love when the phone would ring. She would love, don't answer it. She, <laughs> she loves people to call just to learn it over. I want, and she probably had to call during dinner, Rita. And I'll, I'll tell everyone that we're not going to pick up the phone. And we will just let it ring <laughs> as we ate. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Nope. The, the, it's over, like the, the idea of like, don't answer the phone is like such a concept yeah. today of like, First of all, it's like no one's going to call like, no, yeah. like 700 other ways. And like there's no the phone. We have like 45 yeah. different things that do 45 different things. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Everybody uh, has a phone. Yeah. Yeah. And this is like this is 2007. Like this is like not that long ago for like this right. to be like obsolete. The idea of like there's a phone of the house. Yeah. Right. There's a uh, were there smartphones in 07? Yeah. Um, if there were, there was probably they just like very early generation. There was yeah. Blackberries. Yeah, the was, iPhone had yeah. been introduced. Wasn't this the year it was introduced? Yeah, it was right I around. I think it that. was. Yeah. You know, you know who the first person I knew that had an iPhone was? 
No, I don't. Chris Williams. <laughs> Chris Williams. Correct. Oh, wow. That's exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a yeah, shot checked. in the dark. That's no, right. that was it. And we were at, we were having lunch, and I said, "Give me that thing. Give me. Let me see that thing." And I was like, "Son of a bitch! I can't, it's hard to give this back. This is amazing." We'll put a, yeah. a, a Apple in the show notes, also. If yeah, put that. Yeah, put the <laughs> iPhone in, in the first. <laughs> the first version of the iphone in the show notes oh my god the first version of the iphone would probably be unusable right if somebody gave you that you'd be like this is garbage yeah. probably wouldn't you, yeah you couldn't even make a call on it now probably. yeah it wouldn't be able to do anything it's like oh could we put oh no you can't put apps on it that we didn't have apps yet then on the first phone it take all you take the, all the memory up <laughs> exactly it was right. like you yeah, can have like a hundred songs on your phone or a thousand songs into that closer <laughs> right in your pocket yeah exactly crazy stuff um so yeah so larry's like oh right like i have to use the phone because i just remembered we made it i had a dinner reservation for primos and i have to call them to cancel so he calls and he's like the hostess is like what's your reason for canceling which already this is unrealistic they never ask what's your reason just like fuck you or not fuck you but like way, returning like, to and seinfeld yeah they don't right. care why but fine it's it's still funny but um uh larry's like well, well so she's concerned for them she's I, a close guess, personal friend yeah. <laughs> so larry's like well if you must know my wife left me and of course the hostess instead of being like oh i'm so sorry um uh, for like bringing that up she's like no you're a liar you're like make at least make up a good reason <laughs> Um, you know, just like, like here's the thing. Just... even if he is a liar, even if you're 90% sure, 95% sure, whatever the percent chance that you're not sure, the, the is this so much not worth it for like the, yeah. the like the benefit you get of calling him on it is so much less than like the positive insult of insulting somebody who's just had this like traumatic moment. Yeah, this is like a much, yeah, this is a much more compelling version of like Pascal's wager where it's like yeah. the, 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 the downside of not saying it is like That's so, hysterical. so, so minimal. Like, it's like, yeah, you, like you really don't have to say it. It's fine. But she stays committed through the whole episode. She just refuses to buy it. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so Larry's like, yeah, um, you know, I guess in the future when my life when my life uh, when my wife leaves me, um, I'll you know I'll have her do it in the morning, so that way I can give you more notice for the reservation. <laughs> By the way, what a courteous man Larry David is! That the day his wife has left him, he still thinks of others, like the hostess at Primos, to let her know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you yeah. should just blow off this reservation, please. <laughs> yeah. Your wife left you, like in shock. And then next time he tries to make a reservation, why why did you not show up? Well, my wife left me. Oh, did she really? <laughs> yeah. Do it all in person. Can't get into primos anymore. Yeah. So, um, so Larry hangs up, and you know, as he's heading out, he sees that that there's an invitation to a party that is being thrown by their friend Simon. And Larry's like, "Hey, I just loaned Simon ten thousand dollars. Like, why is he throwing this like big party at Maxwell's, which I guess is some you know fancy place? And there's a special guest. Like, what's going on here? Like, I'm basically paying for this guy to have a party. Like, what the hell is that bullshit? And what is it for Um, the party? Do we ever find out? Uh, it's a birthday party. Oh, he's throwing himself a birthday party. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. My yeah. My notes say birthday party, so we'll go okay. with that. Um. So yeah. So Larry's like, why am I? Why am I? Why is this guy basically? You know, is he borrowing my money to like use to throw parties? Like, if he needs money, that's one thing. But what the hell is this? Um. So yeah. So um. Larry heads back home and happens to bump into Cheryl, who happens to be there at the same time. She's picking up some of his more of her things to take back to her sister's place. And Larry's like, oh, I'm glad you're here. There's something really important that I need to talk to you about. Like, is there something you could do for me? And no, Cheryl, like, before, her- before, before we yeah. get to this, because, yeah, this is great. But I just want to say, like, this is the third scene now that we've seen the David residents in this episode. We see it, yeah. like, in the, with the TiVo guy in the beginning. And then the scene where Cheryl came back from the airport and they had that whole conversation. They walked through the house from the living room to the bedroom all over the place. And now this scene, 
And we don't see in any of these scenes ever the blacks. Like the blacks are just not in in right. the house at all. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. the real answer is the writers didn't have a role for them in the story. But it's like right. it's, it, it, as I'm watching the episode, it's it sort of it distracting me. Like, how did they just disappear? And they're like, you know, where where did they all go? Yeah, they should poke their heads in at some yeah. point. But I think yeah, yeah just, but just just have Andrew May walk by. Yeah. Yeah, production-wise, you got to hire. You got to bring everybody in. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's a long, you know, and, and uh, but uh, yeah, th- those little things, especially when you're watching them a second time, you go, "Hey, wait a minute, where's that thing?" Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of noticed that it's like the episodes have almost been alternating like episode like that's like heavy on the blacks versus episode with limited to no blacks in it um, of the characters that is. Um, but LB does blacks. this with like the main um, themes in every season, right? Like there's a yeah, whole episode about yeah. the producers and then he doesn't mention it all for the next episode. Right. Right. Um, yeah. So I wonder, like, you, and uh, Tim, you may know, you probably don't, wouldn't even remember necessarily. Like, did they, would they have like filmed all of the episodes with the blacks, like closer to each other and then done the other, up, other episodes separately and then like tried to stitch together a season where like, maybe it like, it just doesn't work, but like, who cares? Cause it's curb. Uh, I'm not sure. No, I, the, the, they have everything mapped out at the beginning before they start anything. So they know uh-huh. where everything's going and right. they can do. I noticed this because I was working with somebody who uh, on the television pilot I was doing, who was doing an episode of Curb. And I was like, and she was telling me, she was describing to me what was happening. And I'm like, oh, they're shooting stuff way later. I'm like, I, 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 I knew because I knew what was coming up. I'm like, oh, they're shooting. They know everything that they need to get for the whole season right before they even start yeah right yeah right like um, the major plot beats for sure at least like they right. know they know where they're headed yeah um now can we figure yeah. out by the way why does ld not get an invite from simon like it can't be like later on simon will say hey i'm choosing cheryl and glenn over you but at the time the invitation came right like jeff had already received the invitation before right. anybody knew yeah. that cheryl david should have gotten it as well yeah yeah i thought it was maybe cool. cheryl got it yeah maybe maybe she's holding yeah she hasn't yeah she checked the mail already before Larry got home that day Cheryl before before she packed up her bags she came back to get two things she came to get like the uh the code to like the safe where all the stuff is and the invitation to Simon's Simon's party yeah and the TiVo code also just to screw with Larry and the TiVo code yes um so he's like, yeah, so like, can you do something for me? And like, to her credit, she's like very receptive without even knowing what it is. She's like, oh, of course, like I'll do well, anything because for the, you, the setup is like, he's going to say to her, please give me one more chance. He's like, you know, he's he's going to be a different Larry. But there's only <laughs> yeah, one Larry. <laughs> so he's just like, what I need you to do is I need you to call the hostess at Primo's <laughs> and tell her that it's true that you left me. And that's the reason why I canceled the reservation, because she didn't believe me. And Cheryl's was like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's ridiculous, Larry. That's crazy. And she's like, he's like, it, it, what's crazy is that she didn't believe me. Who would go to such lengths to make up such a ridiculous story? And La- Cheryl's like, actually, you would, Larry. Yeah. Terrible job at Larry here. He set her up. Yeah, he, yeah, he really walked right into that one. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of a person? I mean, you just see George Costanza in that so much, obviously. Yes. Um, so it's the next morning and Simon stops by. I don't know why. They don't really say why. He's just like dropping by Larry's to, to like... It, is he like, like, does he want to bring up the party? Is he, does he not want to talk about the party? It's not really clear why he's there. You know who Simon uh, reminds me of? You know the guy who asks Larry to write him the, pay, the recommendation for graduate uh-huh. school? Yeah, yeah. And then yes. shows up at his door and asks not to after he injures Shrek? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. I get similar vibes from Simon here. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Simon seems like uh, not the best. Um, 
So Larry's like, hey, that money I lent you, you know, that wasn't really intended for you to spend on a party. Like I assumed like you needed it. And Simon's like, no, that's not that money. This is different money. I didn't No, that money was for something completely different. And that thing is important. Then I use totally different separate <laughs> money because that's how money works. And um, Larry's like, all right, well, like, you know, I guess uh, at, le- at the very least, this party is going to be really exciting to attend that I was paid for. <laughs> and so I was like, well, about that. Um, yeah, you're not invited to the party anymore. Like, because like Cheryl's going to be there. And like, are you going to be comfortable with that? And I was like, yeah, sh- yeah, that's fine. He's like, yeah, well, nobody else is. And we've decided that we have chosen Cheryl. So you're no longer invited to the party. Yeah, which ordinarily Larry would love that uh, he doesn't have to go to parties with uh, random acquaintances. But, yeah, it's, uh, but it's a sign of things to come yeah. in, a, in a bad way oh, yeah. from on this episode. That's one of my favorite things to do is not go to parties like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. If there's a way to not yeah. go to that, oh, that would be the best. Can you choose my ex, please? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah, Tim, God. You may, you, you may feel differently if you have paid $10,000 for said party. Sure. But you may, yeah, you may true, at least yeah. want to stop by. <laughs> true. See what everybody's eating. But by the way, Larry's completely in the wrong here. Like, unless they had a conversation and he said, hey, can I borrow money for X? Like, if somebody says, can I borrow money and gives no reason for it and you don't ask, I don't think you have a right to be mad at them, especially if, if it's $10,000 and you have $500 million. Like, you know. Yeah. But it's the principle of the thing. And also, you yeah. ever see, like, on Instagram, like, if they, they, they say, like, somebody, you know, owes money and then you, you see them putting on new shoes or something like that, yeah. you know, it, it's like, uh, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yeah. But I think it's the thing you mumble to your significant other, like, oh my God, what an asshole. You don't like uh, yeah. confront but them. But she just, she just <laughs> that, That's That's, yeah. That's why Larry's Larry, I guess, because he confronts people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I agree. It's like, not like the worst thing in the world and like, who the hell knows, but like, there is still something just about like, it's a, if, if you go to a friend and ask them to borrow money from them, like $10,000 is still like a material amount of money. It's like a real yeah. amount of money. Yeah. And yeah. Then it's like to then like throw like a big lavish party, like for no reason. Oh, it's my birthday. So I need to like spend $10,000 for Richard Lewis to come. Like, that's like kind of like, <laughs> why are you borrowing money for me? Like what do you, so it doesn't really sound like you really need money. Yeah. Like you're spending it on nonsense. But uh, re- like in real life, if a friend of yours asks you for a loan of that amount and you gave it to them and then you saw them driving like a brand new car, like the next week, you would definitely complain about it to your other friends or to your wife, but I don't think, would you confront the person? I think I that's, mean, an, I'm that's not an a, LD special. I'm not Maybe a confrontational person, David's so I yeah. don't know what I would do in that scenario. I guess it would depend on the person. I guess, you know, I, there, I've never lent, lent that amount of money to someone. So like, this is not yeah. like, a, like a, you know, a real thing that happens in my life, but like, yeah. I mean, I might be annoyed if I saw that. Like if someone yeah. like comes to me, like we oh, really no, need the money. Annoyed. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'd be like, what the hell? Like well, you, yeah. you spent it to upgrade to like Alexis. Like what? That's not why I lent you money. And that'd be a much better use than what actually um, it's actually being used for by Simon in this episode, which is to pay Larry's friend who, if he's asking Larry for favors, why not just ask Larry to like, like can you, know, you just get Richard, Richard Lewis yeah. instead yeah. of like laundering the money through me to your, <laughs> to your buddy? Well, and Richard, of course, who only owes his life to Larry, you know, not a small convenience, but yeah, we'll get to Richard. Yeah, so Larry, Larry, Larry just pays Richard Lewis $10,000 <laughs> <laughs> to go to a party that Larry can't go to. Yeah. So, um, so Larry, uh, he happens to be in the dry cleaners now and he's uh, picking up some clothes with Jeff. And I guess we uh, we meet uh, Gina Gershon's husband Zev, I guess, right? Presumably, this is the same Hasidic uh, laundromat dry cleaner. So, does not yeah, so that was that. my question: Is this Hannah, or is just every dry cleaner in Larry David's LA run by Orthodox Jews? <laughs> yeah, I think this must be the same one. Mm. So, I mean, Zev really, you know, you know, hit 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 it out of the ballpark. I kicked his coverage, as they say, that he pulled down Gina Gershon. You know, 
<laughs> yeah, he's doing well for himself. I mean, all, but as, as, all due respect is that. Yeah, as we've as we've discussed that uh, that there tends to be a trend in uh, some of the Hasidic communities where very large, disgusting, <laughs> big beards <laughs> men um, have very attractive, like young, pretty wives. Good so, for them. Yeah, it's a uh, it's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, there was like there was a, there used to be a website of like when Orthodox people get married called Only Simchas, and like there would just be like every eighth post was like one of those where it's just like how are these two people together it's uh Maybe he has yeah. inner beauty off <laughs> he's doing something right they're doing something right yeah although actually is gina gershon such a great wife because yeah she's gorgeous but she's cheating on him with everybody who walks into the store so <laughs> she's smoking on shabbos remember that one <laughs> right yeah, oh, yeah, she's, yeah. Uh, she doesn't play by all the rules yeah i don't know i mean she might be more fun actually but i don't know if that's zev's style but maybe it is we don't know yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe he swings that way. Maybe too. It's an, yeah, maybe it's an open. Maybe Zeb's giving calls to Cheryl. Also, it's an open relationship. Yeah. So, um, in his uh, in his haste, he accident Larry accidentally knocks off a signed photo of Lucy Lawless that was on the wall, mm. and the dry cleaner gets really upset. Oh, you knocked out my picture! Now I don't have the Lucy, the Lucy Lawless anymore. She doesn't come here anymore. How am I going to get it again? And Jeff's like, "Don't worry, I'll speak to her agent. I'll get you a replacement. It'll be fine." And this, again, like a very, you know, homage to Seinfeld when uh, Jerry signs his uh, picture in the Bubble Boy episode at the, at the diner in upstate New York and then doesn't like yeah, the yeah. version he did and wants to take <laughs> <Right>. it back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so right. So all of these storylines are the same thing that happened to Larry David once, right? So Larry was uh, Elaine. Larry was uh, Jerry. Larry was George. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess there's probably a little bit of Jerry Seinfeld in Seinfeld, too. Yeah, uh, just, you know, just, I'm going to go out on a limb. But yeah, obviously, there's a lot of Larry David. Um, so um, so Larry heads over to Primo's. He decides, you know, you know, I guess uh, if Cheryl won't go to meet with me to Primo's. I'm going to go to Primo's alone. And which is a little he, bit of a weird thing to go solo to like a fancy restaurant for dinner. Yeah, in general, but, but I could certainly see doing it like in sure. a situation like this where like you're feeling, you know, you know, you're but feeling sorry But what about the douchebag next to him with the Bluetooth? Yourself. He goes there yeah, to just well, have this course. loud, obnoxious conversation the whole time. Like, get it to go, my friend, you know? Yeah, uh, I love that guy. That guy is uh, Dan Bukatinsky, who has like, he plays an awesome character on Scandal. Who oh, the actor. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant you um, like the douchebag who talks loud. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he was great. That was, that was, a, and that's just him flowing. Like, he's just yes. going, you know, yes. it's, it, it, that was amazing. That was yeah. just amazing. Yeah, he's uh he's like super high energy he, he really brings yeah. it um yeah he's uh he's credited on imdb as cell phone jerk <laughs> is he um um do you watch scandal yeah i just said yeah he's awesome at scandal he's uh yeah uh he's so funny on that show yeah yeah it's he's like you know yeah. like, yeah, we won't spoil any episodes of scandal everyone it, should watch scandal it's very in, funny. in the filming of curb the actor is doing the same thing that larry is then doing in the episode larry the character which is pretending right. to have a conversation with somebody and be as obnoxious as possible right just have a little meta how larry does that yeah so larry yeah so larry basically like uh, mimics him pretends he's like telling some story about this like to his imaginary friend about uh, a phenomenal story by the way yeah he was smoking someone's cigar on the golf course and the guy's like uh what are you doing the guy and larry's like same thing that you're doing basically uh, he's like, no, like I'm talking to a real person. He's like, well, if it's out to a third party, it's pretty much the same thing. <laughs> um, as it as it faces the rest of the universe, yeah. uh, which you know is is very true. Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, Larry just looks deranged. 
Um, so uh, who happens to be in the restaurant? It is the uh, the Funk Housers of the Marty and Jody variety. I think this is a uh, a series wrap on uh, Maya and Bialik. Is this the last time she's on the series? I think so. I think when she uh, when she reemerges, she is uh, now he, now it's uh, Chaz Bono wow. as uh, yeah. I don't remember the, what was the last the, time. I can't remember the name. The new name. Is this a father daughter uh, dinner, by the way? Because where's Nan? She's not in the not in the restaurant. Maybe she wants to get the car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nan can, Nan can be. Uh, she had to leave early. You know, Nan's always busy with lots of things. Yeah. Well, maybe it's a it's a their hidden message to uh, the future of that relationship, which in the earlier in this episode, the fuck man said it would never happen to them, of course. Yeah. Jody I, becomes, my, becomes Joey, by the way. Yeah. Maya Bialik has a degree in neuroscience. Yeah. Yeah, my Bialik is fascinating. I, do, I like her uh, podcast. I listen to it. Yeah, yeah I listen, yeah, I, I listen to it sometimes. Yeah, she's really interesting. She's really smart. Um, yeah, she's really smart. She, yeah, I mean, I, I loved uh, her character on Big Bang Theory. It was like when I was still like watching at the end, I watched up until like, I don't know, the last few seasons and I finally dropped it. Like she was like the last good thing still going for it. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, she's, yeah, she's really wonderful. Really interesting person. Um. So yeah, so... Yeah, so they're like, so um, Larry, um, I hate to break the news, but we've decided to go to a general after all. Sorry, uh, you know, notwithstanding my big speech the other night at dinner, yeah, we've we've decided to do exactly the opposite of what yeah. we had said. Now he's he's many times called Larry his best friend, despite you know Larry <laughs> yeah. insulting his his uncle, his father, his dead father, his dead mother. Um, so it's interesting that yeah, again, the straw that broke the camel's back is uh, losing Cheryl, I guess. But she used to have a great body, so how can how can the fuck man say no? Uh, and by the yeah. way, for 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 uh, for Glenn, the underwear salesman, look at all these yeah. high profile friends he's picking up immediately. I know right away, with yeah. the, uh, right right into the uh, right right into the uh, flow of uh, relationship uh, tangential friends. Yeah, you're gonna find out you're getting buried next to Ted Hansen, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so it all works out. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is like the worst case scenario for Larry because it's like it's not just that he's losing Cheryl, like he's yeah. losing his whole life. It's like all that he's going to have left at the end is Jeff and money. But that's and, yeah. and, well, and also Leon, who will uh, take over his life. Yeah, well, he doesn't, yeah. you know, he, I don't think he's relying on Leon, <laughs> Leon just yet. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we, we don't necessarily yeah. see that coming. Yeah. But um, I, I mean, this is why we really need to know what is what is Cheryl's background? Because the way I like to think of it is that Cheryl was not in Hollywood at all. Like she met all these people through Larry and she has successfully right. pilfered them, basically. I mean, that's what kind of what Funkhauser says. Oh, for right? Funkhauser like, and Jeff, you know, yeah, that's for sure for them. Yeah. But then all, yeah, all but these feel, other friends yeah. on the periphery, we never, yeah, yeah who knows? Cheryl's friends. Yeah. Like, a lot of them are probably I mean, Cheryl's friends from like being involved in like yeah. communal affairs and stuff. Like, yeah. Larry's a curmudgeon who just like goes to like the a lot of NRDC shop with Jeff. friends. Yeah. So, um, so Larry, uh, Larry heads over to Becky because like he really wants to go see Cheryl and speak to her. And Becky's like, Cheryl's not here, but like he forces his way in and he spots Elena, the housekeeper. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I also I'm, I'm going with Miss Cheryl. Sorry, Mr. Larry. Um, That's obvious. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, Cheryl and Glenn enter the stage. And right off the bat, Larry uh, goes on the attack against Glenn. He's like, hey, Glenn. Why do people really need flyless underwear? And you had that answer to all this without yeah. a script. Yeah, yeah I was ready to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have market research, and uh, as it shows, seventy-four percent prefer that. Yeah, I'm like Larry. Like you know, I will on occasion go over the top. Um, sometimes that's you know that's how I feel. But like, I definitely want to have the option either way. 
Like there's I'm no going, reason. For, are, are you yeah. wearing boxers or, or boxer briefs or briefs though? I wear regular boxers. Like oh, okay, fine. Boxers. So that's different. Yeah. So then it's like a loose thing with yeah, like the I like the flap. Yeah. Yeah. I no, I like something that hugs my skin a little bit that, uh, you know, keeps yeah. me cozy. I hear you. Boxer briefs. Once it, yeah. you can, it's difficult the, to not, it's difficult to not wear them. Yeah. You know, the one it's, it's once you've experienced that, you can't, it's difficult. You're like, I, I find boxers, like classic boxers to be, uh, it's difficult. They, they bunch up. They yeah, don't, you not know, good. they're, it's generally not good. Yeah. With pants. Yeah. They're just yeah I'm very happy with boxers. So I, you know, I, I it's like, I'm, I'm torn because this sounds like an amazing experience you're describing, but like, I all kind of feel like sometimes ignorance is bliss. And like, but, I'm no, but, uh, but this is like boxers. me with the socks, right? Like you told me yeah. to buy the bomb. No, so- good socks are good. Yeah. Okay, I've you, been wearing good you socks. You told good me to buy the bomb socks. And I was like, no, what yeah. does it matter? Socks don't matter. What yeah, they and are. even I wear bombas, which bombas are probably not even like such good socks. They're not like 40 bucks a pair. Sure. But even so, 40 bucks. Yeah, there's probably some that are more. I have no idea. There's I I, I wear Bombas a lot, and I buy and I also buy these ones at Costco. They're like a really thick, um, and they're like five dollars a pair. A thick weave. But then, like, I'm sure there's very expensive socks that are like even you know better. what's great. You know what's great is uh, darn tough. Yeah, darn tough. Darn um, tough socks. Darn tough socks. I wear them. I wear them exclusively, and they're guaranteed for life. Wow. So you and, can even wear them to someone else. To, you can even wear someone else's to your wedding. If you right, if you get a hole in them, or if the elastic goes, you mail them. You print out a thing from the website. <laughs> you mail them in, and they mail you another pair of socks. That's a serious. Oh, wow, sock. That's awesome. Yeah. So these are like a little bit more expensive than Bombas. These are like seventeen dollars a pair. Bombas are like eleven dollars a pair. So you know they're the same uh, similar category. Right. Um, Seems like a bad yeah, investment. I'm sure there's probably socks out there that are even more expensive than these, yeah. but whatever. Um, you know, obviously, you know, they're selling something. The Bombas really are much more comfortable. So it's like I'm I'm starting to like wear only those. All right. So now like so, five pairs. So off, uh, think about how important your feet are to you and how think about how important your yeah. balls are to you. I hear that. Yeah, no, I'm, right, I, I'm, you're, you're making compelling arguments. Um, so, you know, I'll, I'll probably try it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, um, yeah, pretty, pretty, so, pretty good for the underwear hard sell. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, oh, you got to so, do it, guys. Come on. I mean, I think Alex is in, but Av is on the fence. Yeah, I'll probably try it. I'll try one pair. I'll buy. I'll try one pair of the one that you said. We'll see how I like it. Yeah. And Did maybe, you? Uh, I, I I threw it into the chat. I threw. The, yeah, I saw uh, that. Under- I saw that. Yeah, okay. I'll grab that All later. Right. Yeah, right. that's awesome. Yeah, I'll give. I'll give it a shot. I'll, I'll try any almost anything. Anything that doesn't involve me leaving my house, I'll try at least once. <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, they'll like send it right to you. Yeah, they'll send, yeah, you send me something to like, oh, put this on for a second, see if you like it. Fine. Um, yeah, I had like a pair, I, a pair of slippers that I had worn for like ten years. There were these like UGG slippers that my wife bought for me when we were dating, and I like would wear them always in the house and like anytime like we would go anywhere local or just like we called them like my Dwayne Reed slippers because it was like in the city. I would walk to Dwayne Reed in them, which was like a block. That's hysterical. And I wore these for like ten years. And, Taking like, slippers was, onto the Manhattan street is uh, sometimes questionable yeah. behavior, but um, yeah. But like they were like my everywhere slippers. Like I would wear them with with jeans. Like if, if I was going to like a real thing, I would wear them. But like anywhere that's like at all like super casual was fine. And like they really started wearing down. And like I had to buy new ones. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'll buy the new Uggs. And like they come in the mail, and I put them on, and like I start getting a rash from them. And like I try another pair and another model and a different thing. And I started like ordering slippers from like fifteen different companies. <laughs> and like I was getting a rash from every single slipper. And I have like no idea what it was until like I finally found like a company that like made it with like a different um, thing. So I somehow like developed a rash of slippers in the, in the wow. 10 years. 
it's very it's, i don't know like you know i didn't do like enough research to like figure out like what it is but it's like i just kept ordering different slippers and it's, it's very it's, i don't know like you know i didn't do like enough research to like figure out like what it is but it's like i just kept ordering different slippers until i found ones that didn't give me a rash and slippers are the kind of thing that you don't tend to try on in the store because you're going to be barefoot when you're wearing them right right yeah i just kept doing amazon wardrobe right they just like they'll send you five of anything at a time. Yeah. What do they do like, with nice. the other ones that you send back? I do wonder. I don't know. It's not my business. That's yeah. their program. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. So Burn whatever. Them. Yeah, so, yeah. So I guess I'm buying slippers that somebody else has had their feet in them. Probably. Yeah. I have no idea. Margins. Um, I don't think that's what's happening. But yeah. Well, a, a lot of the stuff on Amazon, the way they make so much money is because it's like third parties, and they just like send it back to them, and like their yeah. contract is that it's not their problem. Yeah. That's why they're so generous about returns because they basically just charge it back to the you know end seller. Um, yeah, Amazon is kind of evil, but very convenient. <laughs> yes, very convenient. Um, so yeah, so Larry's like, fine. So yeah, you have this company, but do you also have mints or a pen or <laughs> tissues? And indeed, Glenn has all of those things. Amazing. So he is he is really just the idealized version of Larry. Um, it's has like all every the- single move that Larry has. Yeah, yes. beating him to the punch. Yes, he's prepared, and he's also not a crazy person. Yeah. And Somehow he has mastered the ability to have not just mints, <laughs> but also pen and tissues, yeah. and also not be a psychotic uh, personality. Yeah. How does he? How does he pull off both? Um, so yeah, so Larry is having lunch with Jeff, and he's telling. Wait, hold on, hold on. Can we go back yeah. to? Uh, let's go back yeah, to yeah. Becky's house for a second. Yeah, sure. So, um, all right. So th- this is just another annoyance for me that there's no cell phones in 2007 that Ted Danson calls Becky's house to leave a message for Cheryl, but whatever about the oceans thing. Um, oh, right, right. But, uh, you know, it's interesting to me that Larry, as he's confronting Glenn here, it's just, you know, he, again, so he throws, you know, the, the, the big three of the mint and, and the tissue and the pen, which, by the way, if you've never heard before this episode, all of a sudden this is Larry's defining characteristic. <laughs> but, but Larry doesn't try like he's like, Oh, do you also have four hundred million dollars? Or oh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Glenn, do you uh, date married women frequently? You know, like he doesn't try. Anything yeah, like, that. like I know. I, it, yeah, it was. It's the minutia. It's the small yeah. things that where with Seinfeld too, and with this, that is that's where he lives. You know what I mean? In yeah. the uh, and we had um, we had discussed the mints and the uh, tissues and the pen. <laughs> we knew that we were going to do something with that, and we and and they said. Because you gotta have just it in your pocket. Them, just put them in, yeah. Because yeah. this this was an actual potential prop moment. They may, he said, they may mention it. They, he, uh, Jeff said to me, um, we may mention this. He may mention this. He may not. But just have the mints and the pen and the uh, tissues with you, and we'll see if it comes up or not and it's like there may be a guest on this podcast there may not right exactly (laughs) Although crazy eyes is a bit more exciting than a pen exactly yeah you have crazy eyes kill in your pocket yeah (laughs) bam the sneak zoom attack by the way we didn't even ask him about the to rank the different flavors of pussy i think that was a mistake oh right well you would next when you when you hook up with chris oh yeah we have him back for the uh, crazy eyes episode yeah off prepare your ranking please <laughs> I, 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 I assume there is already an existing Chester chart for that. <laughs> well, I have, I have so much experience, of course. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, you do your research like anyone else can on the internet. Um, so, yeah, so, um, so, uh, yeah, so Larry's having, um, 
Oh, sorry. I was sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to say on that back on that point that it's like, it's almost as if Larry thinks that like, if he catches him without mints, then Cheryl will be like, Oh my God, Larry, you're right. I'm coming back to you. (laughs) This man has no mints. But it's not even for Cheryl anymore. It's just Larry for himself. I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he wants, he, I think he even realizes by the end of the scene. Oh, of course you should be with Glenn. Like, why would right. you? Yeah, he, he, he bring everything that I bring to the table. Yeah. He also does. Yeah, plus, plus, he's not more. me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So um, lunch with Jeff and Larry's complaining how it's such a betrayal for her to go after a guy with great hair because <laughs> uh, you know she knows that's like sticking it to me because I'm bald. Yeah. They then you know they go on to make fun of the underwear company and uh, how you know what what kind of man would use an underwear like that. Yeah, Jeff's being a friend here. Yeah, Larry. Yeah, he's just being total uh, team Larry. At least somebody is because uh, they're dropping like flies. Yeah, dropping like flies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So we're back at the dry cleaner. Right, and- uh, Tim, don't sell yourself short as Glenn. Like you invite like uh, Cheryl to a party with, with Glenn and there's a much smaller chance he's going to ruin the party or injure somebody or offend <laughs> yeah, somebody, yeah. you know, like your right. party's going to go much better than it does when Larry shows up to most parties. Yeah. Glenn is like at worst replacement level, like, yeah. which, you know, is, is pretty good so when you're married to Larry, Larry David. Yeah. yeah. Larry is very low, but you know, very, very yeah. negative war uh, <laughs> with many of these sort of things. Yeah. Just like bringing into society. Does he love chaos? I know you guys I love, love freak books. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys love uh, minutia of stuff like I do. So I think this will be interesting. Originally, the character I play on this was named Luke. 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 And that was it was Luke right up until maybe 30 seconds before we started shooting. And was, was that intentional? You think like you're like Cheryl's no. dating Luke and Larry's dating Lucy? Or just I, don't, I don't think I don't know. I, I think they were thinking it was going to be like more like uh, 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 like uh biblical sounding like or like new, you know new, more new testament uh oh, to, you know, to say very much not a jew you're saying <laughs> luke yeah and so we right. were uh, or star wars so yeah or star <laughs> wars exactly yeah another ge- generational thing and i was um and we're standing there and larry uh we're getting ready to go and larry looks at me and he goes not really a luke <laughs> and i go no i i, I go i've never liked that Oh. And uh, he said, um, so what do you think? And then uh, Jeff and Alec came out and we all stood around and we started saying names. And then I said, Glenn. And I said, Glenn with two N's. Just, <laughs> just, just to make Mary. sure you hate him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Casey didn't hate him enough. Two N's. Yeah, he said, okay, Glenn, Glenn it is. And then that was it. Yeah. It was, what were some of the other names? Do you remember any of them thrown out or I mean so long? Ago. I don't remember, but I remember once we hit Glenn, everything we were ready to go. It just were felt any of, right. Were any of them Tim? Because you know, we've noticed over yeah. covering now 57 episodes of the show that very frequently, even when a character is not playing themselves, they still just like assign them the same first name as their actual name, which yeah, well, Cheryl, like Jack, and Susie, like, all, all of them, right? Exactly. Yeah, but, but like all, even many, just many, like right. even just like random people who are in one scene, like when you go on IMDb, you see it's like their their name in the show is just their first name, or sometimes their full name, even though it's like not even said in the show. Like, yeah, I think that this character had such distinction yeah. in the in the sort of arc of the show and of the arc arc of that season that it was yeah it was going to be its own thing you know what i mean and i don't think and i do and i and as much as they were thinking about me i don't know if if my participation in it was such a slam dunk that they were going to name the character tim in the thing you know yeah, they I mean? might have but, written luke before you even came on 
yeah as a as a as a placeholder but um but it was interesting that it was larry that changed it you know what i mean that he was just like that's the deep that's how detail um and he was right i don't look like a luke like it just made that as a compliment oh absolutely i i just uh what are you not from long island (laughs) no but just not really a luke is just such a funny thing to say at literally 30 seconds they're hoisting cameras on their shoulders you know what I mean? And we're changing right. the name of this. Yeah, that's an yeah. important thing you need yeah. to know, the name of your character. Well, it's but it's interesting. It just it just um, shows you how things are done on Curb. It's just everything changes. Everything changes immediately. It's uh, right. But they're so well organized. The production is so well organized. And they've taken care of everything that by the time they get to this, they're, they have a lot of room. You know what I mean? Like they really, it's, uh, it's an, it's an amazing, it's an amazing, um, I mean, talk about a guy who knows how to make television It'd be Larry yeah. David. Right. Yeah. yeah. By the way, here's yeah, my Luke theory. And I know this is wrong, yeah. but I'm choosing to, I know it was just, I choose to believe. So Lucy Lawless is from where she's from New Zealand, right? I think so. so who's the most famous Luke, especially like in the late nineties, early aughts, um, who's from New Zealand slash Australia. I would say Luke Longley, Luke- the Australian wow. basketball player on the bulls. Right, and oh, he's does it L U C L U C as opposed to yeah, L-U-C. just L U C. So it's L U C from Australia, L U C Y from uh, New Zealand. Okay, I'm, I'm sure it's not that, but that's what I'm going with anyway. <laughs> okay, Chester yeah. just Jim, uh, can you do his, a, uh, a his chart of all accent. people on Earth and sorted by country and. <laughs> they're shooting a lot of stuff uh, in Australia now, aren't they? Is it because of COVID? Is that why they're there's a lot that of that certainly there. makes sense yeah i'm sure they yeah. probably have uh they're able to you know shoot more freely there because they are have things they, under much know, better control than we do better yeah yeah they should they're shooting a bunch of marvel stuff down there oh yeah is that what they're doing that makes sense yeah i bet yeah i bet they also just like have like tons of like great landscape and stuff that is very useful to use in like any sort of outdoor footage and they have the infrastructure like they have a film industry you know what i mean right. like they you know yeah, your uh, your show Survivor is finally going back out to Fiji. They're they've been like waiting for the permits for like six months. Like now they finally now, got approved. Now we're all playing Survivor. Yes, yes. A little, it's a little bit of survival of the fittest. Yeah, and, nobody uh, fucking wants to see this now. Some guy's starving for a bowl of rice. We're all doing that. We're all trying to fucking. You know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's been interesting times. Uh, hopefully, we're on the way out. Right. Um, so yeah, so we're, uh, we're back at the dry cleaner and Lucy Lawless has been nice enough to accompany Larry over there and to sign the replacement photo in person and they hit it off and Larry's like, why don't you go on a date with me? What do you have to lose? I'm not a cool guy, but you know, it won't be so bad. I'll take a few hours of your life. And she's like, sure. Why not? And, um, they bumped into Ted Danson and Larry's like, yeah. I just tried this new approach, and so far, one for one, and I landed Lucy Lawless. So I think it's uh, this might be. Wait, but you skipped right over when Ted's coming up, and Lucy says, "Oh, Ted, he's such an asshole." (laughs) Which is pretty risky to go around Hollywood telling famous people that other famous people are assholes before you know their opinion on them. Obviously, it works perfectly though for Lucy here because that's that's music to Larry's ears. Yeah, she yeah. That, that, this just like like Larry doesn't care that she's like tall and beautiful. She's like, oh, she also hates Ted Danson. Great, yeah, exactly. let's date. <laughs> I Tim, like when, this one. Tim, when you meet like uh, you know showrunners, you don't necessarily uh, just start trashing you know a list actors before you know anything about their opinion about them. It's a really a good idea to not do that. <laughs> yeah, walk into them. You know who sucks? <laughs> I was at a I was at a party one time at a um um a, this woman was a, a, a um 
a producer and a guy was trashing this actor who was on a series and he was just saying the worst stuff about him and there was like three or four people standing in a circle maybe five people and the guy beside him said uh he's my client he was an agent and he was so this his client the guy had been trashing for 10 minutes that's amazing yeah yeah you got it's that's- like yeah, I mean, that's, you know, just a shame on you. Yeah. Yeah. She took a risk, as Larry would say, and it works out beautifully. Yeah. Yeah, I guess what's the worst that could happen? So this so this bald Jewish old man is not going yeah. to date you anymore because you insulted his friend. Yeah. You, you really I think she's work, okay with that. Yeah, you need to work hard to impress Larry David if you're Lucy Lawless. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, Larry's like, you know, when he's talking to Teddy, he's like, oh, by the way, why have I not been invited to this charity event? And, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I picked Cheryl. No, but he said, he uh, said, I, really I thought you were a global warming guy. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> what does that mean? He thinks Larry's pro-global warming? Yeah, some people yeah. are. <laughs> it was just such a weird it's such a weird yeah. elbow to throw yeah. i thought you were okay with global warming like, you, you took your name off the nrdc right you wanted it to become yeah. anonymous right you wanted to be anonymous yeah. <laughs> oh my god um so yeah so now uh, larry is home and the blacks are home now um and he's like hey i have a date and guess who it's with Zeno, warrior princess pretty damn impressive and they are yeah. very impressed we, we were talking um, about uh you know people who look beautiful she looks incredible in this episode lucy lawless uh, yeah yeah she's very beautiful yeah, yeah. she was on yeah. parks and recreation right yeah she was yeah, yeah. yeah she was on the episode uh she was on an episode of the simpsons where she obviously vo- she voiced herself and she was in character as Zena warrior princess the whole episode uh, but like it wasn't really clear like what she was. She was at least in character, and then like at the very end, she like flies off, and they're like, "Wow, are you really Zena? You can fly!" And she's like, "I'm not Zena. I'm Lucy Lawless." <laughs> and it was like, "What? <laughs> Wait, I don't so remember Lucy... this. What, what, what year was this? I don't know. Google yeah. Lucy Lawless Simpsons. I'm sure she was only yeah. on one up this time. Yeah, I'm sure this probably. Yeah, but I love uh... how Larry asks the blacks. He says, "Yes, is my outfit too much?" And I just want to point out, he's not even wearing a tie like he did last week for his date with the exterminator to the middle school production. <laughs> right. So, but uh, for Lucy Lawless, he doesn't get dressed up, apparently. Yeah, well, he's nervous. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so he's, uh, he's on his way out. He's like, oh, wait, I have to TiVo the Lakers game. And he makes a quick turn and doubles over in pain. And he, this is a physical Rush- possibility. This makes no sense. <laughs> we got Russia. Well, you know, maybe if we're wearing the wrong underwear, apparently. Yeah, maybe <laughs> my balls aren't wrong enough. That's what I've learned tonight is that, yeah. you know, you know, you can't be too careful. Um, and Leon rushes him to the ER and we learned that Larry has had his testicles ensnared in the fly of his underwear. I guess this is like the American pie thing. Is it the same thing? Is that what we're picturing? Not that bad. Not that bad. Okay. Yeah. That's good. I mean, no, that, that's an image I don't want to think about. Yeah. No, that's very bad. You don't you're want not, you're not talking about, you're talking about there's something about Mary, not American Pie. Yeah. Sorry. I apologize. Yeah. Yes. Something about Mary. Um, yeah. So, and um, not Leon, single, he might have to find a pie. Leon, Leon says that what Larry has is known as twisted balls. <laughs> and uh, the doctor the concurs. Doc, yeah. Dr. Cruz, yes. That's the layman's term for it. <laughs> I love Leon getting that validation from the yes. doctor. It's like, yep, I, that's actually, no, that's, yeah. yes, that's, that is the layman's term of use. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Leon calls him Longwell Larry. Longwell Larry. Yeah. Um, and, to um, which the doctor, yes, agrees. They are. Yeah, so the doctor says there's, uh, there's three things I need you to do. You need to ice those testicles. You need to not have sex for a week. And you definitely should pick up a pair of those underwear without a fly. 
And you, Eli was like, oh, you mean no fly zone? He's like, yes, that would be the perfect choice. Wait, Glenn, your uh, name is getting out there all over L.A. That's right. It's Must catching on. Very successful. People are, people are talking about the no fly zone. Yeah, that's right. People get it in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> These ER doctors are getting out product placements, maybe. Right. Um, so. so I think like as as usual for season six, like, you know, they give Leon such a small role in the episode, like a limited scene, but he comes in and just, right. you know, he hits a home run here. Absolutely. He's great, isn't he? And yeah. just that, this an injection of life, and also HBO too, the, with the with the uh, with the freedom in language. You know what I mean? Like you can you can really have some. Yeah. <laughs> you can really just run it down as much as you want. And this, and I love those characters on shows like that where they're just sort of really free to be themselves. You know what I mean? Just like I guess Kramer was out there like that too, in in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? That have that are sort of their own. Um, like an island unto themselves, you know? Yeah. But yeah, but Curb cannot exist on network TV. Like Susie can't exist. No. Leon can't exist. <laughs> no, crazy, no, you, crazy eyes can't exist. So you can't say any of this stuff. Yeah. You can't do any of it. And behavior and that and the MAGA hat stuff. Like you can't yeah. do that. Like, you know. Which Trump then retweeted because he didn't he missed the irony, which I guess should not be a surprise. Isn't so. that the best though? Isn't doesn't that just make it perfect then? Yeah. It's almost like Colbert Report where it was popular to both sides because the one side didn't realize they were being made fun of basically so. right <laughs> yeah i mean like leon is like his like his floor performance is basically he's still winning like the Dion waiters award for the episode of just like popping in stealing the scene having the most memorable thing in the whole episode and then being yeah. like all right see you next week yeah that's yeah. like his floor and i think that's why they realize hey we need more of this guy in the show yeah more more of this yeah. guy yeah um, so yeah, so you got to wear the no fly zone for a week. And, uh, so Larry is now, uh, heading for his date together with Lucy Lawless to Primo's and, you know, they're waiting for a table and, you know, people are being seated ahead of him and Larry's like, what the hell? He goes to speak to the manager and the guy's like, sorry, you won't be getting a table. We've decided to choose Cheryl as well. Yeah. They chose uh, an well, unfamous woman over a famous television producer and a gorgeous movie star. Yeah. Well, obviously this is even more ridiculous because this isn't a thing, but uh, it's still very funny. No, so restaurants I, I, cannot serve food to both sides of a former yeah. couple. It's not. Yeah. You got to pick a side. <laughs> Yeah, well, one thing about well. restaurants is they don't turn away business yeah. just because, like, oh, it's going to be. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, everyone who wants to come in the restaurant and yeah. pay for the meal, you're welcome. Wait, but I'm a rich and famous movie star and very beautiful. Nope, we can't. We don't even put you in the ugly section. You can't eat here at all because we have loyalty to Cheryl. Which, by the way, if this at least happens, that means that the, that the, the, the woman who answers the phone, doesn't she owe Larry an apology? Yeah, it's like, why is yeah. he even waiting? Like, what, what were they waiting for? Why did they just say, okay, we're not giving you a table? Like, they're like waiting, yeah. like, you can sit there for an hour waiting for a table. They're like, oh, yeah, we're, we chose Cheryl. Yeah. Like, just as soon as you see him, say. Yeah. Oh, they, they see Lucy Lawless walk in. They run in. They're like, oh, my goodness, would you like a table, Miss Lawless? And she's like, sure, I'm here with Larry. And like, oh, no, in that case, sorry. <laughs> right. They, they've chosen Cheryl so hard. Like, they're so, so, so clearly in, t- in Team Cheryl that even Larry plus Lucy, Lucy Lawless yeah. doesn't get them in the door because yeah. they're like so Team Cheryl. There's as like as we'll learn in a future episode of Curb. There's the ugly section. There's the beautiful section, and then there's uh sorry, you can't even come in the restaurant. And Lu- Lucy's positive is not enough to outweigh Larry's negative. Yeah. Um. So Lucy's like, okay, you know what? No big deal. It's not your fault. It's like, why don't we just head over to my house? Yeah. And but Larry's also, like, Lucy, I love how she thinks it's so unique to find a Jew in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. Right. She tells yes. Larry that's why he's he's so uh, he's so exotic to her. Yes. Yeah, right. Right. It's very hard to find. <laughs> Uh, there's no nerdy Jews with glasses walking yeah. around. 
Um, so, yeah, yeah, writing, so, writers for sitcoms? No, there's no so when, like um When Lucy proposes that they head over to her house, Larry's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. The thing is, I'm not allowed to have sex for a week because of like this whole, you know, pants situation. And she's like, sex, I just was hoping you would come out and have some dinner. And she storms off and, you know, how presumptuous of Larry. She calls him an Which, asshole, the same term she yeah. used for Ted Danson. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Larry probably shouldn't assume that. So well, let me sex. ask. Well, Tim, what's your take on what Larry says to Lucy? Because, like, on the one hand, if it's a real issue, it does seem appropriate to warn her earlier rather than later. You don't want to lead her on. On the other hand, it is quite presumptuous to make a some, you know. So I, th- I think I could see the argument either way. I think he was trying to be nice. I think he was trying to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I Yes. I agree. He was trying to be nice, but yeah, I could also see how someone could be like, what? Fuck you. No, I meant dinner. Like we were just about to have dinner. Like, obviously what I meant is we'll have dinner at my house. Like, why would we yeah. like, like, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I guess you could have interpreted it as like, yeah, I guess we'll just, you know, skipping straight to the sex then. Yeah. I mean, uh, if but... you were, if you reverse the roles and a man invites the woman back for, uh, for what he thinks is dinner and she says, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but we can't have sex tonight. His response is not you bitch. I didn't. Mean to... uh, I didn't. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it works the other way. I like, don't think like, so. Yeah, okay. I guess we'll just have dinner then. That's fine. Uh, yeah, not everything works both ways. That's how it goes. Um, so yeah, so Larry now is uh, heading home, but you know, decides I may as well stop in on Simon's party that I'm not invited to yeah. because what else am I what, what else do I have to lose at this point? Yeah. And the bouncer's not letting him in because he's not on the list. And as he's arguing, who shows up but Richard Lewis? And it turns out, as we said before, he's been hired to perform for the event, and he is being paid $10,000, very $10,000 that Larry had lent him. And Larry's like, oh, I'm paying for you to go. I'm telling you, don't go to the party. I'm paying for it. He's like, like, no, you're not paying. Like, Simon is paying me. That's not how this actually works. Um, About which this Richard is correct. Um, But Larry forgets to mention, oh, I literally saved your life by giving you my kidney. Yeah. Um, so the you know they start arguing. Which, never, which has never come up this entire season, not even once. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it ever comes up. Yeah. Again. It's water under the bridge. Yeah. And, you know, and not only I gave you my kidney, I gave you my kidney and I literally di- like, almost, almost died. died. Yeah. But it's not even like I gave you my kidney and like it went well. Like it was a disaster. Yeah. Listen, Hob, if you ever give me a kidney, I don't want to hear about it ever again. All right. You did a nice thing. Now move on. Yeah. 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 I mean, you were like forecasting the whole time. You're like, I don't see what the big deal is. So you gave, you're giving a kidney. It's like, yeah, he almost died from giving a kidney. It's a big deal. Um, so, yeah. So they start uh, their uh, argument becomes physical and Larry is, you know, even collapses his pain and his long balls have been struck yet again. <laughs> and we uh, for one final scene, we cut back home to Larry and he is icing his testicles as he tries to watch the end of the Lakers game on TiVo. But of course, the TiVo starts to pixelate and freeze and Larry is back where he was at the very beginning of the episode, just with no wife and no friends and no TiVo. Quite, quite a sad ending for Larry here. I want to talk about that Lakers game, but I think one of our emailers will get into that. So we'll wait for that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Av, let me ask you a question. How would you rate this episode? 
Um, I am very high on this episode. I give this episode a pretty, 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 pretty good four and a half pretties. I think this episode is just like so much fun, even though like some of it is a little bit over the top, but I think it's more grounded than like a lot of what we've been seeing recently. Um, and like, I think it like, as much as we want to like pile on Cheryl to how like this was kind of like the least of it, it's like, sometimes that's just how it is. Like it, it could be over something stupid and just like everything comes crashing to the surface. And a lot of this stuff just like kind of works. I love the idea of everyone having to pick sides um and just like even the restaurant is just hilarious even though it's ridiculous and i just like laughed a lot this episode it's iconic it's you know the end of an era it's the beginning of a new era so you know it's not a perfect episode but it's a really really good episode tim you're uh, an interested party obviously but uh if do you want to give this episode a rating from a one to five pretties five out of five are you fucking kidding me i'm <laughs> yeah. in the fucking thing of course yeah. <laughs> who wouldn't yeah. fucking go five out of five on that are you out of your mind yeah. what yeah. kind of fucking question is that Hey, you're 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 running for president. Who are you voting for? (laughs) Oh, Tim, were you? uh, Have you been to anything? Well, I was in one episode of the show Curb. I would give it four and a half pretties out of five. Yeah, yeah, you you should hire me. Yeah, five out of five, maybe five out of five. It was great. It was the best episode of the series. When uh, when we had Katie Huffman on for um, the season finale of that season, we did the ratings, and I gave it a low rating, and she yelled at me, and she shamed me into giving it a full five. Of course. (laughs) fuck is wrong with you by the way this is why you don't have guests on this show that's why you don't have sponsors yeah you don't have money we must be honest so all right here here's my rating i'm really gonna i i already i already sold you short half a point but you know i'm gonna say i'm a a man of integrity unlike yeah but i'm is a work in progress i'm working on this guy like we're getting them gussied up we're getting them underwear we're getting them socks we're helping out here's my take um the idea of the other people like of everyone taking sides in the relationship is is amazing um it by the way it did cause me to pause and think about who would take whose side if my relationship broke up in my life right uh, you're, yeah. you're team alex right i want a firm commitment right now jesus <laughs> I, I, so. I hope so Ob. yeah yeah i don't want, I want you to pull a really funk man I, I mean do i still get to hear about when i'm in her dreams like through you <laughs> that's fair um okay, fine. Then here, I'll take you. Here, here's my one issue with this episode like in the effort to run from person to person and give each of them a chance to tell larry why they're choosing cheryl I think like we don't like this episode should have been 45 minutes like and I guess maybe yeah. it's not a season finale and back then you still had to stick to half an hour because you know even HBO was more traditional but like right. we get one little scene with Leon we get one little yeah. like one scene with the funk man we get like the yeah. tiniest taste of Richard Lewis we don't get nearly yeah. enough Lucy Lawless looking literally perfect yeah. right dashing new characters we barely get enough of Glenn like we I want to see more of like Larry's like bizarro self you know like everything Larry yeah more. It- but I think because it was like you said, this is such a pivotal episode. This is such a turn because um, because of, of the relationship ending or the, it, it, it was uh, you, you kind of, you know what I mean? You had to give it that you, everything else had to get short shrift for a second. while this uh, transition takes place. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, you know, maybe in the in the Larry David Curb Your Enthusiasm episode zero, which we call it. Jeff is sort of like the main guy, you know, the come with guys we say, like the main guy along with Larry. But pretty yeah. clearly by season one, it's established like Jeff is, you know, a key friend and like him and Richard and Ted, like they, they, they're there in a lot of episodes, yeah. not every episode. But Cheryl is like the main person in the show other than Larry. Like Cheryl is the significant other in right. more ways than one. And this is really like a, like a dramatic, like an end of and a transition of the show. And yeah. we don't yet know if it's permanent or not permanent, I guess. But like the idea that like the person you've known for six and a half seasons as yeah, like is gone. Yeah. 
and it's and I just think I don't know. I, I so I wanted I wanted the episode to be longer, and it's interesting to me like the dichotomy of ranking. So like Vulture and LA Weekly both have this as a top fifteen all time curb episode. The Ringer has yeah. a bottom fifteen, and it's it's and it's actually fuck the Ringer. Yeah. <laughs> Who looks at the Ringer? Who fucking reads that? Is that a rag? What is that? I never even heard of it. There right? we yeah, go. Fuck I, they're very over. They're very overrated. Yeah. Um, what did they say? Are they? What did oh, they I say? Oh, hold on. Do I? I don't. I don't know. I think Alex. Should I go look what it up? They, yeah. What did they Hold say? Hold on, yeah. yeah, let's hear what the ringer said. That's fine. Okay, well, don't fucking that. tell me this and then not have it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair fodder. Yeah, I'm well, ready I, to I go can, wild. I'm ready to go it. buck fucking wild over there. What don't they like that. about it? Let's see. Hold on. Every episode of Kirby Enthusiasm ranked. The TiVo guy. What didn't you like about it? I'll say Rank. this episode, it just it, 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 it right, feels very much. Oh, it's right. Yeah, they have it ranked 89. So they say. Out of. Out of out of not a lot, out of a hundred. Out of a hundred one. That's insane. Yeah. So hold yeah, on. Here, here's their take. Let me see. That's what, madness. Yeah. No. Let, let, uh, you're going to get a chance for a bottle here. Cheryl's plane encounters severe tur- turbulence. Okay, we know that. When she calls off Larry to tell him she loves him for what may be the last time, he rushes her off. To blah blah blah. Okay, this is just telling us. Hearing the news of their breakup. Da-da-da. They all treat Cheryl. Larry sustains a scrotal hematoma. There. This is just a plot summary. Episode MVP. Ted Danson. Um, oh, when, yeah. When Larry asked why he didn't get an invite to Dan at Danson's Ocean Fundraiser, Danson says, I thought you were a global warming guy, which is a very good line, but you know, we'll, yeah. we'll have to wait and see whether I agree. Best Larryism. My testicles got instead in the fly my underwear and the doctors can't have sex for a week, but can we go to your house for dinner, which is not the best Larry line of the episode. And that's all they say. They give no reason. So they're out of their minds. They don't know yeah. what they're doing over it. Uh, they over they, they don't even tell you why. They just, um, you yeah. Know, so, yeah, that's a problem. Well, they're insane, clearly. I agree. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I can I can tolerate someone saying maybe this is you know not a five but to say it's one of the worst episodes of the show like you need to really defend that I think this is a really fun episode it's really funny um, yeah I, I don't you know you gotta I don't know why they don't they don't really have an explanation there right yeah they don't yeah I don't know how they uh, came up with it um, uh, yeah that's I'm vulture. trying to see what Vulture with because so Vulture has a top fifteen but I want to see what their write up is I love Vulture yeah and LA Weekly also <laughs> LA Weekly. yeah LA Weekly's great <laughs> you know you don't that's get to be like. That's where I get yeah. my rankings. Yeah, the fifteen. Well, these are shows. my these are these are my criteria. You know what I mean? When you like something, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you're a trusted periodical. Yeah, um, yeah. So, That's my um, soul criteria. LA Weekly has it number eleven of all time. There you go. And it says okay. Yeah, I mean this this season has very much of a you know to your point, Alex has very much of a season finale feel to it. And like I yeah. can certainly see an alter universe where this is the season finale. And of and the I, season. I think I think what mm-hmm. they like about it, which we haven't even mentioned, is how you know I did mention at the top how Lori David breaks up with Larry David in real life. Uh, she's an NR, like she's an environmental activist in real life, and then she gets together not with Glenn, the underwear salesman, but with Al Gore, who has uh, divorced Tipper. And is also obviously very involved in various environmental organizations. So that's what part of the write-up in LA Weekly. It says the episode aired in 2007, the same year David and activist wife Lori got divorced. The dissolution of Larry and Cheryl's relationship was sad, but if they didn't break up, we couldn't enjoy Larry's attempt to win her back by giving her a role in the Seinfeld reunion in season seven. So spoiler alert for season seven of Curb. But yeah, that's true. Cheryl is going to come back uh, in in a very different role, and, and her relationship with Larry is going to be. Uh, we're going to get to see a whole new angle of that. So so that's true. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't load. Uh, my, maybe I have to update my password or something. I couldn't load the vulture ranking, so I, I don't see what their reasons. But they also say this is a top fifteen episode. So yeah, so you yeah. got you do have a lot yeah. of love other than the ringer. Yeah, Those well, it, I mean, listen, what was the periodic? What was that rag you were discussing that had us on the, in the basement? What was that? Yeah, the, the ringer. We can't even remember. I can't even remember. It doesn't yeah. even adhere to my yeah. memory because it's such a uh, yes. the ringer. Very fair. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you.
Ooh. All right, so let's get to uh, come with guys. Uh, we'll start with you, Tim. Who is your come with guy? And I'm going to guess that me. He has two ends in his Are you name. out of your <laughs> me? Me. Yes. Glenn. Thank you. Come on, <laughs> fellas. Have we met? What are you doing? There You're we killing go. me. Yeah. Excellent job. Um, what about you, Ab? Who's your come with guy? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with Glenn as well because yeah. you thank know, you, buddy boy. I know how to be a nice guy, a, a nice host. Um, yeah, and uh, I'm the guy Glenn... in the room. And he yeah, also Glenn... he, and he brought with him another come with guy. Brought in fucking Chris I, Williams. I, I, yeah. I was about to say that exactly. That's the ultimate come with guy. Uh, <laughs> the guy who brings another come with guy. Yes. And, and yeah, Crazy Eyes Killer obviously was the come is the come with guy on his episode. So that's why. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Glenn's the double he... come with. Yeah, By the way, I'm he's logged a in with guy on this episode of the podcast. Yes, absolutely. Exactly. That's how yes. good Chris Williams is on this episode. Excuse me. I'm, I, I loaded um, Vulture ranking and they uh, they give you a shout out, Tim. They say um, so, nice. yeah, so. So they have it a top 15 episode. They say not many pre finale curb episodes prove as consequential as TV TiVo guy. So, again, they make that point um, that it's really a turning point in the show. Um, right. She can't get a word in edge- edgewise uh, along with surviving the bumpy ride next to hunky no fly underwear magnate Glenn. So, thank uh, you, thank you. Officially, yes, yeah, officially a hunk, according to Vulture. Um, yes, yes, y'all. They know what they're y- doing over there. Yeah, Tim Cotton. Yeah, you strike her like lightning, and your and her marriage is kaput. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> it's um, it happens. They're they're also on Cheryl's side. With they uh, could you withstand a union with someone who harps on people who can't distinguish fake crab during intercourse? <laughs> it's not the most appealing. Like I'm okay having a, a side conversation, I guess, but it's not the most appealing one. By the way, I'm no, really but it I, de- I get upset when people do that. <laughs> but it depends. That. It depends who's like. Is Scarlett Johansson whispering about fake crab in my ear? Because yeah, then I'll take it. That's true. I'm open to this. Yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all subject to context. Yeah. Right. What, what did Kali Jost whisper in her ear? Because I can't figure that one out. So that that's even uh, more surprising to me than uh, Zev and Gina Gershon. Well, I'm going to read his book uh, because obviously he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's very fair. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have to thumb through that book of his. <laughs> Um, all right. So, I'm, does he have I, a degree in neuroscience like Maya Bialik? <laughs> That's going to be the new thing that everyone's going to do. Can I, can I propose yeah. that we have Every, a come with guy and a come with gal in this episode? Sure. So, yeah. Absolutely. So, Glenn is the come with guy, but I will say that uh, Lucy Lawless, the come with gal, she finds Jews exotic. She wants to take Larry home on the first date. She's absolutely gorgeous. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we have a, a hunk and we have a a, a very gorgeous. Alex, actress. I'm. May I, if I have, if I may, yeah, <laughs> I think you have a crush on Lucy Lawless. She looks it incredible in like, this episode. It, blew it my mind. sounds like this is a little bigger, though, than than maybe you, maybe even you know. Oh, I, I really, I didn't know. I never saw. I mean, I was aware of the Warrior Princess, but it wasn't like a, you, a show. Was not your watched. jam, right? Yeah. 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 I, I, I will say that I do think she has the phenomenon that I think she has um, gotten better looking as she's aged. A little uh, Marissa Tomei thing going on, if you would say. Yeah. I think she looks better now than she did, like in her prime. Uh, uh, I think in her prime she was <laughs> quite attractive. I think, I, I think so too. But like, there's yeah. something about like the older version of her that I think is uh, very appealing. Because it's also in your in, in our deluded minds, it's somehow more attainable. I suppose like, maybe like yeah, a 30 year old right. Lucy Lawless impossible, a 50 year old Lucy Lawless, 1% less impossible. <laughs> Still impossible. Yeah, yeah, I got, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, I guess Larry David picks it up pretty yeah, easily. If, if Larry just David by saying I'm not exactly, cool. Yeah. If you're a bald, so, Alex, if you and Lucy Lawless, let me ask you this. Yeah. You and Lucy Lawless, you're in New York, right? Yeah. Okay. So Lucy Lawless is in New York and you bump into her and, and you have a, you have an attraction. Yeah. Um, I'm not a cool guy. Where we, I tell her, but that, yeah, that, that's fine with her. Dude, and now do you say, listen, um, do you want to get some lunch or something? Do you do that or do you just let it go? 
no, I say to her, do you want to uh, come back to my place? Because apparently that's what she does on first dates. And then when she says, what are you thinking about? And I'm saying, I'm just thinking about dinner. Yeah, I just come over and record a podcast. <laughs> that's all I was saying, Lucy, with your dirty mind. See, that's why Colin Jost, you have to read Colin Jost's book, <laughs> yeah. I think. I need to learn how to pick up Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, well, as we, I, yeah, we, we said once so that uh, I don't, that you you get things by asking for things sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Sure. And if you don't ask for things, yeah, you definitely no, don't. Yeah, I did them. say that. Yeah, you should always ask. I uh, I uh, I was I was listening to a um, I bought at a yard sale uh, like a like it's like a five CD Tony Robbins thing, and I was listening to it. I, I brought it back to my place. And I was listening to it. I was doing all the exercises and stuff in it, and at one point he said. The key he has one of the keys to getting what you want is ask for it. Yeah, and I was like, and he said, and and then we talked, and then he talked about that for a little while. I go like, what an amazing thing that we have to be reminded of. You know what I mean? But it's true. Yeah, but like even just like thinking of this exact scenario, like let's say Larry's goal is I want to date Lucy Lawless. Right. So, like, if he asks her, maybe there's a very small chance that she'll say yes. But you know what's definitely not going to happen? That Lucy Lawless is going to say, hey, Larry David, do you want to date yeah. me? Like, that's not going to happen. So That's well, not going to happen. Other... Yeah, that's a 0% yeah. chance. <laughs> oh, that guy over there from across the room, he's the guy that I'm going to pick to approach. But I love how fast he's moving on, too. You know what I mean? Like, he's just going. You know, he's, yeah, he's just, like, he's, all right. He's not sentimental. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go extraordinarily uh, inside baseball and because uh, Av and I went to high school together. Av, do you remember Berman in our class? Sperman Berman. Yeah, he, yeah, not the greatest nickname, but so he's not a guy I probably had too many conversations with, right, in high school? I did not, no. Yeah, um, but um, in, in junior year of high school, it was like tryouts for the basketball team. And I was like, oh, I'm right. not going to try. I'm not going to make it. And he says, what are you doing? You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. He gave me like this pump-up speech. Like, right. the only time in my life I ever spoke to him. I have no idea why I was doing it. And uh, I tried out for the basketball team, and then I made the basketball team. And I always had to credit nice. him. I was like, so there you go. Uh, Lucy Lawless. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's yeah, you missed. Yeah, yeah. Berman, Berman. there was that great. You missed. I love that. Uh, you missed 100 percent of the shots. Yeah. You don't. It's, think. A, it's a Wayne Gretzky that. quote, but uh, it's Sperman yeah, Berman quote yeah. in my head. Yeah, it's <laughs> also a Michael, it's also a Michael Scott quote. There's yeah. uh, he, when he shows it says dot dash Wayne Gretzky dash yeah. Michael Scott because <laughs> yeah. he quoted Wayne yeah. Gretzky That's saying hysterical. it. He attributes it to himself. By the way, if, uh, if Mr. Berman is listening to this podcast, uh, apologies for the nickname you had in high school that, that yeah. I just uh, said again. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Shout out, oh. Mr. Berman. Well done. <laughs> I'll take my chances. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, who is well, Tim? We'll start with you. fucking asshole in this week's episode uh the tebow guy for ruining lost yeah dude you got one fucking job fix the thing don't ruin everybody's show what's the matter with you yeah Yeah. i thought you were gonna say the ringer Uh, (laughs) fuck the ringer let me tell you something oh don't bring up listen to me you know what ah that name is dead yeah dead to me they're dead to me i apologize it'll be the last time Bring me the names of everybody that works at the ringer, please, Alex, by tomorrow morning. Yeah. Can you do that for me? Thank you. Are we going to dox the ringer? Yeah. We're going to figure it out. Uh, we're going to figure right. it the fuck out. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm with you. It's a Tivo guy. The Tivo guy, he's like a neighbor Dean level villain. Uh, you know, you don't, you don't spoil Lost. You know, this is like heyday of Lost. Everybody's like hanging out every episode. You know, and also, you can't go. A- you can't go after uh, Cheryl. You can't go after Funkhauser. You can't go after... Um, Simon, you know what I mean? It's the TiVo guy. He's the, you know, 
Yeah, so I mean, Simon's a close second, I think. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, and, and, like the thing is, it's like you're not just a regular guy who does this. Like you're the TiVo guy. Like this is like a thing that has to come up all the time in your job. It's like right. you're fixing DVRs for people that has programs that they haven't seen that apparently you've seen because like you see all the shows, which makes sense if you're like in the TiVo business. But yeah, it's like a big part of your job is probably not spoiling things for the for the viewers. Yeah. Um, so, Av, is that your fucking asshole as well? That is my fucking asshole. Okay. Um, by the way, I see that uh, Complex.com, I'm not sure what that is, but they also have this as a top 20 curb episode. There you go. So, yeah. It's Great. 20? Yeah, 20 sounds have... a little low, boys. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 or get the I'm, fuck out. I'm not, I'm mm. not, well, top 11. 11, I was okay. I was, yeah. I was smiling. I was yeah. grinning, but I was always going to go, 11? What number are we? Yeah, you'll Come take on. eleven. I have a hundred episodes of a whole. I'll take show. eleven. You yeah. know what? It's an it's an it's it's an it's an amazing show. I'll take yeah. eleven, but yeah. fuck it, twenty. Yeah. I mean. All right, fine. Complex, you're out. Um, here's my issue. No, no, no. So, listen, complex, yeah. we're okay. We're gonna be all right. We're gonna yeah, work. They're not on that this. other one. They're this, not the other one. Thank this you. episode has so many assholes. I would say this has more more than any episode of the show yet. We have the TiVo guy spoiling Lost. We have Diedrich ba- uh, Bader Simon taking Larry's money and then not inviting him to the party. <laughs> We have all the people who should be loyal to Larry, but side with Cheryl, all these longtime friends. Uh, we have Larry himself for being After annoying. After proclaiming husband. why they should yeah, be loyal yeah. to Larry. Yeah, we have Larry himself for being an annoying pain in the ass husband for 10 years. You know, Glenn, I got to be honest, you know, you're the catalyst for the breakup of this. Uh, maybe not great marriage, but still, you're a little bit of a homewrecker. So um, okay. uh, I'd say Glenn is, uh, you know, some in, in, in a weaker episode, he might be in contention. But like, it's not his fault, ultimately, that he's like more attract. He's a more attractive partner than LD. Um, meanwhile, LD, Larry gave Cheryl many reasons to break up with him. But she doesn't really explain them. She basically comes off as a gold digger, hoping he died last season. And now she dumps him to start dating like a, a man with better hair who she doesn't even know that well yet. And so like, while I'm happy as a viewer of Curb that Cheryl is dumping LD because I think, you know, it means A, we get more Leon and B, we get Cheryl, you know, you know, as, trying to be on Seinfeld next season. In the world, like in the world of the show, like Susie and everyone else at her dinner party, I have to be loyal to my friend, Larry. I, I am on team Larry. And so I have no recourse, but to declare that Cheryl is the fucking asshole of the week because uh, she left my friend, Larry. So I, I give it to Cheryl. You're, you're yeah. Cool. I mean, oh, the other, yeah. the other thing about Glenn, you know, is, you know, this whole no fly zone thing is complete bullshit. So he's really yeah. perpetuating a fraud against the public. Well, is it? Selling he, down this I don't know. Like, so let's go inside Glenn's head. Tim is the 74% made up bullshit or did they really do market research? <laughs> yeah. We did R and D. We did our due diligence. Oh yeah. We ran it up the flagpole. And we uh, we interfaced. Yeah, and he's got ER doctors advising, recommending it. We've got yeah, and we've got uh, theoretical and practical knowledge, and you can't put a price on that. I mean, if the if the alternative gives you a distended testicle, you really it's yeah, it's a priceless. Uh, it's you know we're we're here to heal, we're here to help, and we're here to get the job done. But also that that you would. That I myself, that I, Tim Conlon, love underwear <laughs> to such an extent. It does work perfectly. <laughs> is really quite something. It's really quite something. You know That's what I mean? It, yeah. And they didn't even know that when they cast you. No, they had no idea. Yeah. They had no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah that works out. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the celebrity cameos on this episode for a second. So, of course, we have Lucy Lawless, who we've discussed. Uh, Simon, I mentioned, is played by Diedrich B- Bader. So m- here's my question about him. Like, So, Tim, are you familiar yeah. with like the term uh, that guy? Yeah. I, I mean, it, tell me as an actor, is that like an insulting thing? Is it a complimentary thing? Like, what do you think about that as an expression? I don't listen. I, I think that it's uh, any kind of recognition is nice, but I don't I don't think it's I don't think it makes people feel great because I guess maybe people are swinging a little higher. 
But yeah. Dietrich Bader is so great. I worked with him on the Drew Carey show. Yeah. And yeah, I, that's his, I think that's the thing he's probably most famous from, right? Well, and uh, um, what was the... Um, Veep. He was great on Veep also recently. Great on Veep. Amazing. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, Napoleon Dynamite. So I guess he would be best known for the he thing. Was, oh, Rex. 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 oh, wow. I didn't yes. remember that. It might have been when that I saw Napoleon. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, but but I guess he's probably and, and Tim, much like you probably is somebody who like when we see your face, we, we recognize your face because we've seen you on so many things like, you know, I was going through your IMDb and you like every TV show you were like, came on, you had a spot here, you had a couple episodes here. Like you, you're really yes. like a very familiar face to people um, working hard, yeah. working hard, Alex. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, but you're right. Uh, Deidre Bader does a, does a great job here as well. Oh, he's um, also um, he's also plays um, Princess Caroline's assistant on BoJack. He's yeah, the, the voice. voice. Yeah, 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 he does that voice. Yeah, that character is so absurd. Yeah, what a show. Yeah, uh, is it time to uh, go to the Postman? Yeah, Tim, do you want to stick around for the Postman, or you got to go? Absolutely. I want to hear what the you know. I want to hear what the I want to hear what the people have to say. All right, let's let's do it. Okay, we got uh, first we got one uh, we got one piece of feedback. We got a new rating on our uh, Apple page. One star so ratings helps. only, right? Yeah, well, we we request five stars only. Uh, we'll take four and a half. We'll but we only read the one okay. star ones, so we really we disrespect the most people. We read them all. Um, um, you gave my show a four point five. <laughs> yeah, I said I'll take four point five. Yeah, four point five. Four point five is good. Like if someone tells me, oh, that show is four point five, I'll watch that show. Yeah, but I like when I like on podcasts and they say and leave us a five star rating yeah. like they just mentioned the top one that they'd like you know what yeah. I mean yeah I well, thought I the rating this... was I decided yeah <laughs> well we're not interested in your opinion I, we no, want I our say opinion. give we're whatever rating you want if you want to give us a one star rating and again Av, you will in my memory you only read the negative ones so you're we read, uh, I read them I think I read them all oh. um, yeah we believe in free speech on this I podcast think the, so I think anything that anyone wants to say we will read um, except for next week. Yeah, there's, we'll a, there's certain words we won't say. <laughs> Why, what happens next week? Well, um, the episode but, is called The N-Words. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, luckily, um, you can't be canceled if you have no fans. So. Yeah, wait, so uh, let's, uh, let's, let's hear Yeah, this okay, sorry, yeah. So we have um, I, uh, a feedback, a comment from Jill Stein's Russian Doll on Apple Review who gives us five stars and says, love the political commentary. Oh. <laughs> So we have um, we have a little bit of a uh, doctor pharmacist situation between Jill Stein's Russian doll. Yeah, we have a little and war going on in the, in Uncle, the iTunes Uncle Mike and Jay, who said uh, a few weeks ago, stop yeah. with the political commentary. So, yeah. you know, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, you really got down, both though. sides of that uh, discussion down. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, right. Stop. Yeah. The country yeah, is very deeply divided. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good that you heard from both sides. Yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah although listen. much, although much like, well, there's many fine people on both sides. Yeah. <laughs> a lesser, a lesser curb podcast would only read those, right. you know, writing positive feedback about our political views. <laughs> we read both sides, and then, much like know, cable write, news, we're yeah. mentioning the president much less uh, lately. So, yeah. which is a and good thing. We'll, uh, yes, I think we're on the right track. And yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm know. working on a podcast idea for myself, a project that I'm doing, and. Yeah, I don't want to hear any negative shit. Fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> Fuck anything that I don't want to hear. This is my thing, right? Let's yeah, you know, yeah, say anything. good things. Yeah. I don't want to hear the other side of my thing. What are you talking about? I would have yeah. said hey, it. If you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything. Yeah. This is a much more yeah. Or do you have to go out of your way to leave a review? Or, no, you can leave bad reviews. We don't need that shit. Yeah. But but uh, no, five good stars, good... motherfucker. Oh, Let's go. Do five stars. Yeah, do five stars. <laughs> We're a five star podcast. Give us five stars. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the postman. Postman! Postman! Come here! Tell the neighborhood!
All right. Hi, Avid Alex. This is a, uh, a first-time emailer. Uh, emailer. It is a, uh, a woman named Moira Rose Berry. Um, you may recognize her as the mother on Schitt's Creek, whose yeah. name is Moira Rose. So I'm sure she gets that a lot, but her last name is Berry. And she oh, says, that's actually her name. Her name is Moira Roseberry. Oh, I thought she was just a fan of Shit's Creek and was giving us. A, I have uh, no idea. I guess oh. that's possible. That would be. I don't know why she would write to us with that name then. But fair enough. <laughs> but maybe she writes into yeah. Shit's Creek podcast and signs it. Uh, signed Cheryl David. <laughs> that would be. That would be very interesting. Yeah. Um, so she says, "My name is Moira, and I can't stand reading anything that I've said." Uh, she says, like many, I started watching Kerm at the start of the pandemic. My boyfriend was shocked. I had never seen an episode and I was shocked and slightly disturbed that he suggested we start with the most recent episode, The Spite Star. I liked it despite not having have a clue what was going on. Of course, I did what any sane person would do and started the series from the beginning. I've since seen every episode at least five times. Wow. Oh, what a star. You. That I is amazing. Her. Five times since the pandemic. Oh, oh she's God. like you with, with Survivor. Yeah. I mean, I'm only I one of the half times you. of that. But that yeah, is but, but that. she started with the finale. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I mean, yeah, now that I know where they're going. Yeah. Uh, offering me the freedom to now turn on any random episode of my pleasing, no matter the season or episode. Therefore, I have been catching up on your podcast out of order, too. Um, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, doing a fun machete order of pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Um, I discovered your podcast in the fall, and both of your friendly voices in my headphones keep me company while I run daily errands. I live in Los Angeles, and still many places are shut down, so I do a lot of walking. I've tried to find which no. episode it was, but at some point, halfway through the episode, Alex's voice drops like two whole octaves. Al <laughs> yes. kind of asks about this, but I'm not sure if it was ever resolved. <laughs> was it a microphone issue? Did an alien take over your body? I just really need an explanation, please. Well, I mean, I guess if you listen to the episodes in order, maybe you'd find out, but um, I don't when you're going to listen to this episode so <laughs> we don't true. know yeah, maybe she'll never she won't hear this uh email for like uh, many, many yeah months. um but yeah so i think it was a microphone issue yeah but yeah moira so thank you so much that's a very kind email um yeah my microphone it's not my microphone it's the microphone cord it's very temperamental so if, it, yeah, if so it's this is the type jostled. of shit people should be writing on apple yeah about <laughs> how they found this podcast and like yeah, moira, go the this review. yeah yeah, everyone should go write. Just copy Moira's email and put it on, a, on yeah. Apple. And With five uh, stars. Yeah, and five, five and stars. Much like Alec Berg and Seinfeld, I wonder if Moira Rose is, I guess it's, she's fortunate that everybody turned on Shit's Creek during the year when, uh, you know, she couldn't really meet new people because of COVID. But um, otherwise, she's going to have to deal with every person she meets being the idiot like I am and saying, oh, is that your name from Shit's Creek? So I think that's great that she watched everyone five times. Yeah, I think awesome. that's, that's, I mean, amazing. I, I love when I, I love when, because I get into things too and I want to, I want to dissect them and, um and 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 watch them again and and get something from but when something like this like this show we're talking about not the episode but the but curb in general is so nuanced and so and there's and because the dialogue is improvised there's such a um a a, a high wire you feel like you're on a high wire and you don't know why uh-huh. because yeah, I... it's because it's improvised dialogue and normally we're used to hearing scripted dialogue done well. Even scripted dialogue done well sounds a little rehearsed because it's a little rehearsed. You know what I mean? Nothing sounds rehearsed here, but something is happening. It's that's I, I I love, and I think that's the thing that she's responding to. You know? Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, and Moira, send us uh, your ratings because now you've seen all these episodes so many times. Number yeah. one, obviously, yeah. is um, going to be the TiVo guy, and then number two will yeah. be the season finale, of the season, and then but after that, tell us the rest of the rankings. Yeah, so she says, uh, and you just keep adding her email. She says, I love the podcast and think of you guys as friends, even though I don't even have a clue what either of you look like. Um, so, yeah, so let's, uh, you know, I guess maybe don't look because then maybe you're not going to want to be friends anymore. <laughs> maybe, or maybe you will. <laughs> but we'll, uh, we're, we're happy to have you as friends as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so yeah, great to hear. Always great to hear from new people. 
um, which uh, brings us to our next emailer, another new person, uh, not new to our lives, but new to our inbox. And that is Jared Jerome, who writes in and says, hey, guys, my wife broke up with me today. Jerome, this guy's two first names. He sounds made up. (laughs) Yeah. Um, He says, my wife broke up with me today, but I'm still choosing to write in for my inaugural pretty, pretty, pretty good. A Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast email. I choose you. Oh, that's nice. Jared. Um, yeah, I'm glad he chose us over his wife. In all yeah. seriousness, I'm only writing it for one reason. My sources have informed me that one Jim Crumley has been writing it of late. And if he thinks he's going to get a leg up on me, he should know better by now. See right. you at the next no physics feuds, conference. No feuds with the, with, in the post office, please. <laughs> see you at the next physics conference or see you in hell, Crumley. Um, yeah, yeah. Crumley and uh, the, Crum- the Crumley Jared uh, rivalry continues. continues. Yeah. Uh, so he says, I'm sure you guys have covered this already, but on to the two NBA games showed. So we have not covered this because I think you were uh, you were saving this for the uh, the postman. Yeah, let's so get have, into uh, details. Which games was uh, Larry watching? Yeah, so the first game was Wizards at Lakers on December 17th, 2006. The Wizards won in OT 147 to 141 to close the show. That sounds like an exciting out? game. Did you uh, did you do the research here? Are we are we confirming Jared's work? Or we're just no, I'm not. Yeah, I can't confirm. I will just uh, I will assume he's okay. Correct. We'll, we'll we'll rely. We'll assume yeah. Jared did his homework. Uh, to close the show, Larry is watching Lakers Heat on my birthday, January fifteenth, two thousand and seven, in another overtime game. Wow, two overtime games. Hold on, Tim. Can I ask? Did you guys film this around December two thousand six, January two thousand seven? Yeah. Ah, uh, it's it's out. L.A. and um. But uh, so the seasons don't change. I'm trying to remember. I think it was later in the year. Um, we did. I'll tell you something we did do. We filmed Cheryl and I walking up to Simon's party and seeing Larry. Um, um, Larry gets hit in the balls and he falls down. Yeah. And we see him on the ground. And we, and then, then bomb, bomb, bomb. That, that was going to be that moment. But they ended up. Um, not using it, they ended up having him at home instead, like that whole so but we were there all day waiting to shoot that. And I was like, and and then they ended up having him be at home watching basketball instead. Do you remember if it was warmer? Well, I guess you said the weather's always the same. It August, was so. it was windy and cold. Yeah. So I think it was December. I think it yeah, was December. Sense. So all it right, might have been up. it might have been that game. All right, so Jared, Carrie, now what's going on in that last game against the uh, Heat? Uh, on your this birthday? Time, the Lakers won uh, 124-118, two pretty high-scoring games for a post-Shaq pre-Pal Lakers team that started off hot and fizzled. Much too much, Smush Parker. Oh, you can never have too much Smush Parker. His name is Smush. I mean, what, do you, what else do you need? Um, he also adds on that there's a uh, Seinfeld connection. I wish when I started this rewatch for the pod, I kept track of every Seinfeld guest star, but alas... And this app, there are no Seinfeld alums. Listen, but is why can't you do another rewatch? A li- um, Moira's already on five. There you go. Exactly. Get the pace, Jared. Yeah. Jared, do your work. Come on. Jared, get in touch um, with Moira. Yeah. She can help you out. We'll put, yeah, yeah. we'll put you, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put them in touch. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, Leave us says, a five-star rating. <laughs> yes, exactly. Everyone should do that. Um, he says, there is a connection, however, Lucy Lawless on the Seinfeld finale. Morty says that the only thing he he watches is Zena the Warrior Princess, and he claims she must be 6'6". Well, have no fear. I'm here to tell you she's a clean 5'9 and a half. Still tall, but not the Amazonian Mort was hoping for. Uh, Jared is uh, famously has a very unusual ability where he can tell you to basically a quarter to half an inch how tall anyone on Earth is that he has like seen on TV. And he's basically always right, even when like the other person will insist, no, I'm really 5'11". He'll say, no, you're 5'10 and a quarter. And then, you know, the person submits to a, uh, a measurement test and Jared is basically always right. 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, sorry, Morty Seinfeld, you're off by uh, eight and a half inches. And for come with guy, he says, like most discussions with your trusty host, this category is never clearly explained. Is it the best yeah. person, the person that literally comes with the most? It's like Radio Shack asking for your phone number when you buy batteries. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, the, the come with guy is intentionally vague for, uh, you know, so that has uh, adaptability to what you want to do with it, I think. It was real uh, easy for me. I knew I knew which one I was going with. <laughs> yeah, good, good rule of thumb is if you're on the episode, just name yourself. Yeah, yeah, guy. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I know my come with guy has to be Jeff. Um, sorry, uh, sorry, Tim. It's Jeff. According no to Jared. problem. Um, yeah, obviously, Jared's wrong. Uh, he takes a lot of shit. On it's okay to be wrong, Jared. It's okay to be wrong. Yeah, you're also wrong about too much, Smush Parker. Um, <laughs> he takes a lot of shit on this pod, but he's always there for our antihero, maybe the first most underrated antihero, Larry. He fully backs him after the split while everyone, even Larry's self appointed best friend, fuck man, along with Joanne, <laughs> desert him. Uh, he gets Lawless's digits down to order new waters. Jeff is solid as well. Yeah, I'd like oh, you Jeff notice he called he called Joni Joanne. Oh, I see what he's doing. That was okay. a good joke. I, I, yeah. That's a good joke. I had to pick up on that. Um, good, so, good so we should explain for Tim's benefit. So Jared's wife is Joanne, but prefers Jody. And so Jody is the actual name of Mind Bialik's character. And so he called her right. Joanne. Yeah, uh, jo- Jody actually recently had her her, her name changed legally changed. Jody, so, yeah, so that no way more Joanne would just call her Jody because she doesn't like call, being called Joanne. Why doesn't why? Uh, so, but Jody's not traditionally short for Joanne, right? Yeah. Um, I haven't heard of it being, but I guess you know that's that's what they were thinking with her. They, I guess she picked either whether from birth or later in life picked up that as a nickname. I'm not sure. Exactly. Got it. And then she just said, "I'm I'm going with this. I'm going to change my name." I'm but not till 2021. And... It just happened now, right? Yeah, she yeah. just did it this week. Like she's in her late 30s. Well, <laughs> lockdown, I think, is messed with us all. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like Cheryl in this episode. Sometimes it's a, like the smallest thing is sort of the straw that breaks the camel's back. Right. So who, who called her Joanne one day and it just pissed her off? She went to get her COVID vaccine, maybe. And they said, yeah. oh, this is for Joanne. She said, yeah. So uh, Jared says props to the goat Leon for being a good come with guy to the hospital, but not enough reps in this one for Leon. Yeah. He'd get the Dion Waiters Award if you had it. There you go. Oh, you said that. Yeah. Uh, maybe that I, I might uh, Jared might have accepted that into my mm. brain, but yeah, I, I think that's a good. Uh, I think that's like his floor, as I said earlier. Is he yeah. always steals a scene at least? Um, asshole of the week. He gives it to Cheryl. She wasn't particularly horrible this week, as Larry did something pretty awful to her on the phone. But this is pent up frustration from fifty seven episodes of watching Cheryl get away with being a horrible, gold digging, unsupportive, opportunistic wife. <laughs> takes advantage of Larry. Never takes his side. Holds him hostage over her sex whims, and now dumps his ass out of nowhere. You're lucky you're getting out just in time to avoid my wrath for for Cheryl. <laughs> oh, so Jared has yeah, Jared has never sent an email until the episode where Cheryl is now gone out of the show. That's so. right. This is his first email, and he has 57 episodes uh, of built up frustration with Cheryl, <laughs> much like much like Cheryl had with Larry. Yeah, that that does that is some nice uh, parallel uh, message there. Yeah, for his rating, he says I've never given out pretties, but I have this episode ranked 33rd out of the 57. Oh, get the fuck so out of here, Jared! Do you hear that, Tim? <laughs> uh, you, no, uh, Jared. <laughs> Jared, Jared, you, does he work for uh, Ringer or what was the, or... I'm not familiar with. I'm not familiar with their website or their staff. Oh my god, um, that's so he wrong. Gives it, he gives it two and a half pretties. He says it was interesting. Two and a half. More. This guy's insane. First email, last email. Uh, can we last ban email. on email right now? Right. We're, we're, we're putting him in the blocks. Wow, um, I've kiboshed before, and I will kibosh again. <clears throat> Interestingly, you know this I, put, yeah, I'm going to take the high road and ask this guy to give you guys a five star rating. That's oh, what I'm right. going to do. I think that's yeah. a good way to make it up to Tim. Yeah, and to yeah. us. Uh, us yeah. To, yeah, frankly, I think we're all insulted. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Anyway, he says, interestingly, this played more like a typical sitcom and less like a classic Curb episode, less kooky shenanigans, mostly realistic. Yeah, as I said that too, less, inter- less intertwining plot lines, but kept me engaged in a straightforward story. No, so far, these are all good things. It provided a few laughs, mainly with Leon's role, the invention of Long Ball Larry, Larry having the audacity to ask Cheryl to call Primos to confirm the breakup. Yeah, that's gold. And yet another classic Richard Lewis ad lib. This is not Sam Quentin. I've got a gig. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> that's a good line. We missed that. <laughs> Ah! you don't know me yeah <laughs> finally that's that was richard lewis's car that was his actual car that he drove up in. <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> um, um finally while understandable to the viewer because let's face it larry's nuts the show breakup kind of comes out of nowhere in the canon of the show there were no signs of her thinking anything like this yeah and while the airplane phone hang up with it was egregious i don't think she would just leave unceremonious like this without discussion even if she didn't meet the heir to the no fly zone underwear <laughs> fortune now let's get those pods back and rolling yeah jared wants us to pick up the pace now that he's caught up <laughs> watching just days, just whatever. for clarification i'm not the heir to it i'm yeah the he's the inventor of it I think That's he's referencing right. heir to the O. Henry. Um, if the I, I totally understand, yeah. but I just, just I this is if this is going to be public record. I want to yeah. make sure yeah. that <laughs> let's establish Glenn. Let the heir self made man made the thing yeah. exactly. You weren't handed you. anything. Your children will be the heir to the Nova Fly. That's exactly Nova right. Fly zone. Thank uh, you. He was just Rob. a young man in a dream. Yeah, That's right. Our flyless pair of That's well. We now head to the nemesis. It's from Jim Crumley. He says, "Oh, you're posting the back to back." Well, that's, you know, we go we go in a uh, reverse chronological order here. That's the uh, made up policy that I try to. Oh. <laughs> um, another good episode Four pretties for me. Come with Guy Leon in a classic Leon spot, riding along with Larry to the ER and debating the shape of Larry's testicles. Classic asshole. The restaurant owner. Why would a business owner feel the need to choose one side of a breakup? And even if he did, why would he choose the would be charity fundraiser instead of the rich Hollywood writer slash producer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. With a movie star. She, he, he shows up with. Right. Well, uh, a television star, whatever. Yeah, what channel bring you to the table? Yeah. How many movies you've been in, Alex? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Alex has multiple podcasts. So I'll have you know. <laughs> no, but I meant like, what's the difference? Like, do people still do that anymore? Like in like in the eighties or nineties was a big thing, right? It's different now, now. Like, it's yeah. it's different now because everything streaming after this after the Sopranos, it all yeah. flipped. Everything flipped. That was the that was the turning point. Ninety seven, that changed the TV and movie separation because then movies got shitty for a really long time. Well, I and never, it, I never TV understood. Got great. Yeah. I never understood. I mean, I, part of it, it's generational. I understand like, you know, yeah. when, when film was on big screens and television, but like to me, like at least from somebody growing up my age, like TV was always, you have more time to develop a story. You see characters week after week. It's not like two hours of production. It's 20 hours of production and there, okay. Maybe there's some lulls in 20 hours a season versus two. Right. There's also so much more depth available. So I never understood. And again, maybe I'm spoiled just cause I can't, you know, I came of age during a higher caliber of TV, but like, right. it was always like, I'd much, if there's a story I like or characters I like, I'd much rather see it serialized than, than one time. And then it's done. Like how, how's that yeah. helping me? And there's something about going to see a movie that's reverential. You know what I mean? Like you, you have to go to a location and, and look yeah. up at it. But not versus anymore. The television. Yeah. Well, yeah, but in, yeah, but with television, yeah. you're historic, you're watching it in your life. You yeah. know what I mean? It's smaller than you, the box usually, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so there's, it's, it's the entry points different. Like I really liked Star Trek as a TV show and I like all of the incarnations and I'm pretty, conversant in it but star wars was a different experience because it was a movie experience 
versus watching it on TV as a kid on the floor with a, you know, grilled cheese sandwich. You know? But do you think yeah. for our I kids' mean, generation that'll be true anymore? I don't think so. No, I think content streams much differently. Yeah. Think about how you value music, how it's different than, you know, like it used to be you'd buy an album and you'd yeah. stare at the artwork and you'd play the thing. Now it's all streams, the songs in order. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that meant something the way they were sequenced. You know what I mean? Right. That that meant something in the overall production right. of Somebody it. And now they, into that. Right. And now they don't even sell music. I mean, now you I'll know, notice now, like, like, um, my kids will be watching on their uh, on like on my wife's iPad when they come in at five in the morning on a Sunday morning, and you know we want to buy some time. And they're not even watching on the full screen; they're watching on, like the quarter of the screen. Yeah, and, you know, it, it's not like they're scrolling, reading the comments on the side. And I'm like, make it bigger, but like it doesn't even enter their heads. So it's just like, yeah. So the, it, the yeah, it's, it's, like, every, everything they value it differently. Yeah, I once had, yeah. I had a babysitter come over and I was like, oh, like, you know, there's a remote. So you can like use the TV for Netflix. She's like, I'll oh, just watch Netflix on my phone. I'm yeah, like, no, my no phone. but like I have like a 65 inch TV. You can watch the same thing on there. And also that then frees up your phone to like do like other stuff. But she's like, no, I'll just watch my phone. Like they yeah. just, they, they. That part's even weirder to me. Yeah, like I would at least want the second screen to, you know. Yeah, I guess they're just like always like they're doing so many things at the same time. Yeah. These kids, these Gen Xers. All right, are we uh, wrapped up with the postman? We still have Ola. Um, we have two more emails. Okay. Uh, one is from Zach Brooks. He says, good showcase of Larry being a complete asshole. All the timing really doesn't make sense for Cheryl's flight since it was yeah. nighttime during the storm, but daytime at Larry's house. And when she returns, mm. is there any upside to the no-fly zone underwear? Oh. <laughs> Even if you choose not to use it, what is the benefit of having the gap closed? Are long wall Larry guys enough to start a haul company? Yeah, see, I think Zach is thinking of like you about boxers, like traditional yeah. sort of boxers, which are almost like loose shorts. Right. right. Then you want the fly. But for a boxer brief, the fly's not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, and he gives it three pretties out of five. Zach. And <laughs> last one up is Olin three. Allen. We're moving on. And he says, I three. Know- <laughs> three. It sounds a little low. I think it sounds a lot low. Yeah. No um, one's saying, give me a three star review. No. I mean, that's not, I would, that's not what I would ask for. I'll still read it if you write it, if you write one, but <laughs> make it five. Why not make it five? It's, it's an option. Right. Just do the maximum amount. Yeah. So, Ob, um, do you remember um, when we were in 10th grade and we were in school in Washington Heights and that yeah. fall was like the McGuire Sosa home run chase? Yeah. And so people would write with like this white chalky stuff on like the windows of their cars how yeah, many home yeah. runs Sosa had every day. And then like you like you, so you have the number that you convert into the next. So like the two, you can convert into a three by sort of adding a bottom tail to it. Right. I'm thinking right. about how to turn that three star review into a five star review. But then the uh, hardest transition is always to get from the three to the four. Like there's no way you can turn a three into a four and then from a four no, to a five. You know, that's work. Yeah. yeah, that's when you have to you have to erase it and start all over on the way. <laughs> you got to cut them loose. Yeah. Yeah, like a bad um, friend. Zach, come back. It was five. there was literally one time where we were in class, and all of a sudden we heard like a ton of honking horns, yeah. and like the teacher said, "Oh, I bet Sosa just hit a home run," and then like somebody turned on their radio from their backpack, and like, "Yep, Sosa has <laughs> just hit like his like sixty yeah. third home run or whatever." It was, yeah, it was did you guys go to high school together? Is that yeah. what? It is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, we met in, we met in high school in tenth grade. No way. Uh, uh, yeah, Chester transferred to my school. Um, so yeah, so Olin Allen, the last emailer, writes in and says, I know I'm not a cool guy, but I hope you will read out this email. This email after my disappointment last week, very much back on track. Great plot development, nicely played out. Absolutely floored when Larry went to have a serious chat with Cheryl while then frivolously asking her to confirm their breakup with the restaurant. Um, plenty of nice bits, good use of the funk man, and a nice old buddy fight with Richard Lewis to finish off. And nice cameos by Dan Bukatinsky and Dietrich Bader. 
Um, of and course, Tim he Conlin. Also said, Tim Conlon, <laughs> whose work I enjoyed elsewhere. And he gives the episode 4.5, pretties out of five. Uh, he says the come with gal is Lucy Lawless, good humored and a great catch for Larry. Also one of my favorite bits of swearing insults in her full New Zealand accents. And for the fucking asshole of the week, he gives it to Cheryl. No doubt if Larry paid her attention, she had been all moaning about him now, still not getting the Timo fix. Yeah, that's what I said. Um, I agree. Uh, I agree with me and with Olin. And mm-hmm. happily taking all his friends away and not even doing a simple request like contacting the restaurants. Um, okay. Yeah, that's one way of looking at his request. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's a wrap on The Postman. All right. So, um Tim, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast, uh, this podcast. Uh, you uh, were a game for everything. We had a real fun time. You also brought a guest. That was pretty cool. Is there anything you have uh, coming up that we should uh, be looking forward to? Uh, I don't know. I'd like to get vaccinated. Is that, uh, is that what <laughs> That'd you That'd be meant? pretty good, yeah. That would, That'd uh, be good. We should look forward to everybody doing that. So, yeah. Yeah, Please, I give can- the vaccine five pretty out of five. Oh, that you give five. I see. That'll get him five. Okay. So, Tim, you definitely will be back this season as Glenn. That's uh, I'm right. Not, I'm not sure if you want to be back in next week's episode. Uh, it's probably better to not be in an episode called the N word. Um, yeah. Let's see if Larry can avoid getting canceled in 2007. <laughs> let's see if Av and I can avoid getting canceled by talking about it next week in 2021. I'll say this. So next week will be uh, season six, episode eight. Av, if you and I are able to make it to podcast about season six, episode nine, I'll say that the job we did next week uh, turned out to have been. I lost my internet Sunday night. Yeah. And like obviously losing the internet is like the worst thing that can happen in your life. And I I get out of the shower and my wife tells me, yeah, we have no internet. And I check all the devices that we don't. So I call Comcast and like, you know, they listen to the automated message and it says, there's no outage in your area. So it's your problem. And then I (laughs) speak to customer service for a while. And they say, oh, by the way, just so you know, there's an outage in your area. This happened to a lot of people. I'm like, well, why did your like introductory message specifically say the opposite? You know, because it would have like if I knew it was a whole neighborhood, I won't stress. I'm like, okay, whatever. I just got to wait a few minutes. Yeah, whatever. But. Yeah. So is your, is your wife at all a reasonable arbiter of, of whether or not you quote have internet? Because like yeah. if my wife says we don't have internet, it's like a 99.9 percent chance that we do have internet. Yeah. Okay. My wife was she in, just like at, doesn't know the right button. At 10 o'clock at night, she's lying in bed scrolling through Instagram while watching um, The Bachelor on TV, and so those are both streaming devices. So. And a lot of people are doing that. My uh, my girl, my ex girlfriend and I used to watch The Bachelor together. And since we broke up, I have not seen a second of it. Probably for the better. (laughs) But when you're in, when you're in a relate, that's how you know a guy's in deep. When he has a point of view, a hard point of view on The Bachelor and Mm. the contestants, and he could he goes. Well, my thing was pause it right there. Okay, this person's a psycho. (laughs) You can tell. Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's also there's just this idea of like you pick up shows through osmosis. So even if you're doing something right. else in the room, you hear it yeah. and then you hear enough. Yeah, and then you're like, what? How could she say that? You know, like you start to form opinions. Yeah, um, and there's some shows that my ex girlfriend would watch, and I had to be in a totally different part of the house, like in the whole other, like any Real Housewife of anything. I was just, I like baby. I, I mean, this it's just drunk people screaming. Like you yeah. have to. You have to get that. <laughs> Why is this soothing to you? Why is this, you know, drunk people screaming? Good. That's kind of what this yeah. podcast is, though. <laughs> yeah. Not drunk yet, but can work on that. But we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs>